Comic Clan and welcome to Comics of the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts, as always, Cross, and I am not joined by Nitro today. Nitro is not with us, unfortunately, but I have a just as good, if not better, replacement than him sitting right next to me, and our good friend, Mr. Locksteady, who is joining us all the way from the Mystery Shack today. That's what you need. Locking on location, Cross. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's what it needs to be like. We need to like get that in for you as like your Discord or something like that. Or you're looking at getting a name for like your followers and stuff. Like we need to tie in like gravity falls mm. to that somehow. But let me do, do a little do shout out to Locksteady there. If you're not already following this man, then you've probably not been to this channel for quite some time because Lock has been here like non-stop. Um, so please go and click that link that for some reason hasn't posted in chat. I have no idea why. But go check him out anyway, Locksteady on Twitch. You will not be disappointed. Hello, GC. How is it going, sir? Lock is here. I gotta go. <laughs> Lock's already scaring, already scaring people away. Ads saying it's Santa. I'll take that. Which it is. Italian brings joy. Well, it is. Like it's, and that's the thing as well. As your beard starts to get that little bit whiter, just yeah, you do more and more become just that little bit more like Santa. <laughs> And then Chunk, oh man, no Nitro, I'm out. Wow. That's fair too, honestly. But we're like, how many minutes into this and both of us are just getting like non-stop abuse here? Like, seriously? Let me do a couple of shout out as we're going. But yeah, thank you all for joining us. Thank you a lot for joining us, especially on such short notice since I did only um, ask you about this um, like two days ago. <laughs> not even, not even. Um, let me get Chunk as well, because Chunk the Hut is a streamer now. He's one of us. One of us. <laughs> okay. Wow, the, <laughs> the bot has clearly picked its favorite for the day. Apparently, like GC gets like his whole thing, and then Chunk and Logs like, nah, we're not. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do actual links to them. There you go. Apparently my boss just turned on me. <laughs> like, okay, that's that's the way today's gonna go, apparently. Alright. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today, Log. This of course was a, a show we had scheduled previously before like my family got like deathly ill with the the worst flu imaginable hitting us. Mm. Um and this actually ended up being a really great timing to redo the show. Like, um as we only just yeah. found out is we're actually not too long off of the 10th anniversary of Gravity Falls, as we're talking about Gravity Falls today, one of both of our favourite shows. Both of us have it in our top shows, um, and yeah. not enough people actually talk about this, so we're quite happy to do the conversation today. And it was June 15th in 2012 that Gravity Falls first dropped for an amazing two-season run, and we were literally just talking about the fact of, like, it lasted a long time because there was such a big gap in like release dates even during seasons um, which is kind of nuts but we'll definitely get to that so we are more than excited to do that If I would highly recommend though if you guys have not seen Gravity Falls if you guys haven't checked it out for yourselves we 100% recommend it go like I won't be offended leave a lurk on go check it out it's on Disney Plus right now both seasons of it go check it out both seasons and all of the uh, shorts and all the shorts as well that's right because there's at least a whole bunch of shorts that are on there as well Go and check it's it relevant. out. Which are actually relevant to what you were just talking about, by the way. Uh, I read a little further down in the wiki, and um, before the show, we were discussing the air order of the show, and, and 
how terrible it had to be to wait, you know, X amount of time between episodes. During those huge breaks, apparently they were airing uh, multiple bits of those shorts. So it wasn't like they were completely lacking in content, but I I don't know. I would almost argue that's worse to be in the middle of a major story point and then you just get uh, Stan's tattoo. Well, that's it. It's like later on, like as you get into season two, like as you build up more and more to the big finale of the series, like you're starting to get into this rolling of things and it's like, oh, we're going to air a short instead. It's about, you know, Dipper going and doing stuff in the journal and I'm like, no. I don't need that right okay. now. Like in season one, that would have been fine, but at this point, I'm like, no, we're kind of building to this big finale. Um, yeah, that goes on the DVD, buddy. Get back to the show. Yeah, exactly. That's the DVD extra. You know, let's let's just let's keep going. Um, also, as well, I want to show off my my only piece of Gravity Falls merchandise that I have. Uh, journal number three, Locke with his copy as well. Hashtag twinning. Twinning, <laughs> which is yeah, very relevant for the show. To be fair, as well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we were both fans of this. Um, let us know in the chat as well if you guys are actually fans of the show, if you've checked it out, if you know anything about it, or if you're literally coming into this absolutely blind. Um, fair warning, there will be full spoilers for the show at this point, but as we stated, it's a 10-year-old show and it's on Disney+. Plus. If you have not, uh, GCC and Make the Journals do a high five. Is that possible? Can, we, can I get the camera angle okay. right in this? So I'm going like that angle to go. Nope. <laughs> You're going to the. Mine, mine, mine Yours like out. just glitches out with the green screen. Okay, no, I'm go this way I'm, I'm yeah, go that way and we can go. <laughs> yeah, your books like just disappearing. It's <laughs> because yeah, I, I, I run a green screen for my streams and I can't really take it down in between, unfortunately. So all the stuff I have to remove, like the bits of my desk that are still visible or like <laughs> my other computer setup that's off to the side, like it's like. That's not you. Get it out of the frame. Uh, so Chuck saying he's never checked out the show. Smalls saying terrible show. Wouldn't recommend. Okay, banning Smalls from chat. Smalls, you're banned. Get out. Hash. Hash. <laughs> uh, GC saying the power of green screen. <laughs> but yeah, so this is a phenomenal show, and this is one of these shows that I think a lot of people kind of write off because. It did come out ten years ago. It did only get two seasons, although that was the intended purpose of it. Like Alex Harris had, this is the direction we're going with it. Yeah. Um, we are going to go into full spoilers for this today, as it is a ten-year-old show, and it's a ten-year anniversary of it. Talking about some of our favorite points. This is not going to be a linear going episode by episode, and this is what happens in the show. Like, if you want that, go watch the show. It's been fully available. You can go watch it in Disney Plus. Go get all the content. Um, we are probably going to talk more about the main storyline, we're going to talk about some of our favourite episodes, some of our favourite stuff from the show, and we're going to lead up to probably talking about the big finale, which is still to this day one of my favourite finales of any show. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's just phenomenal. Like It was the perfect like payoff for everything it had built up to. A lot of shows could... You didn't know it was building to. A lot of shows could like take some notes from Gravity Falls and building up to a finale. It really could. Um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Every Marvel Disney Plus show, for the most part. <laughs> what kills me? Like, I have to say this. With all of them so far, and maybe Miss Marvel will will course correct on this specific note. That remains to be seen. But all of them feel like 
the way the movies are building up. They're they're building up to something else. And then WandaVision immediately they're like, No, it's one and done. We're we're done. Yeah. I'm like how are you done? There's, you opened so many doors. Where? where how? Hawkeye? It's completely set it up for there to be more. And then they're like, no, we're doing a spinoff series for uh, Echo instead. Yeah, we're doing a spinoff series. I'm like, how can you do a spinoff series? This is a spinoff series. You've just done... This is one. Like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. It, it's like it's, it's, it's crazy enough that you're you're building to something. But then you're just telling us, hey, no, no, this was... This was like the backdoor pilot for something completely different. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get other, then you get other stuff which was like Falcon and Winter Soldier, where at the very end they even changed the title to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and then went, oh yeah, the sequel to this is going to be the Captain America Four movie. Which I mean, at least you know there's some. There's more coming, but I'm like, what was that whole, what was that whole big finale though? Of showing like the change of the title, if it's like, no, we're just going to the movies now. We're going back. It's like okay. Uh, catching chat here, cryptic collie. Yes, we did just show off the journals, collie. We tried to make them high five, and Locks disappeared because of his green screen. It just, which I love that the green screen is doing this weird, like reflective, like see-through thing going on with the hand on the front. Um, yeah, because it's completely not green. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, Chunk it is on Disney Plus. This is a. It was a Disney XD show back when Disney XD was a thing. I don't think Disney XD even exists anymore. Uh, I think it's still around. Is it? Is it still around? I don't know. I thought well, they just... Let's find out. I don't even know. I mean, it's not a separate channel. That's not how you spell Disney. <laughs> uh, Hugh Mar, good to hear you. Enjoy your uh, belated Father's oh, Day celebration with the in-laws. Um, hope you enjoy it, sir. Thank you for popping in. Well, can you turn up your volume a little bit? I can turn up his volume a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's going to be on cross. I was going to say, Locke can turn up his volume. It's not going to do much. It's... <laughs> There we go. Humor, uh, so no streaming today. Nice, I'd love to have one myself, but I'm certain they're extremely expensive. Was it actually that expensive? Like, is yeah, the journal number three is probably like the one piece of Gravity Falls merch I found that isn't actually like too expensive for it. Like, I started looking at stuff on Amazon. Like, if you want a plush or a Funko Pop, then yeah, you're going to be out of pocket for quite a bit. But journal number three is actually not bad, Collie. Actually, yeah, Collie, the one that, that I just held up, the uh, official hardcover, is on yeah. sale right now on Amazon for fifteen oh six. There you go, fifteen bucks journal number three, and just to open it up as well, like it's it's like properly like the journal from the show. Yeah, like it's not like a book with like oh here's how the show was put together. No, it's done up just like. Do you, you know. have a blacklight handy? Eh, I, I do mean, not. You know, everyone just has a blacklight. I mean, come on, look at this. This is, this is straight out of episode one, like the undead. Yeah. It's like, I mean, come on, like it's so good looking. Um, so that's a tough question. I've never found a real answer for that, Kali. Um, do they make Journal One and Two? They um, do not. Journal One and Two do not have an official release, but a lot of people have created copies of it with like one and two on it and released them. But I don't yeah, think so they've like, ever done an official like Gravity Falls because the third journal is like the one everyone wants. Yeah, so there's there's all kinds of merch that has the cover of journals one and two in the same way that journal three is, but they're always like notebooks or journals in the sense of like you are you know. Yeah, it's an actual journal that you would journal. write in. Yeah, and so like. 
they slapped it on all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's even a Journal 4 uh, out, but I think that one's not. I think that's bootleg. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, they never wrote a Journal 4. Don't start your Journal 4 stuff. <laughs> oh, there's a Journal There's a journal 5, too. Oh, for goodness sake. Apparently, we're way behind. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But, yeah, Journal 3 is the only one that was officially released just because that's the one Dipper uses throughout the show and it's, like, his main source. Yeah. You know? Even after, like, the author's reveal and stuff like that, like, we never really see that much of Journal 1 and 2. So, like, 3 is just the one that Dipper keeps running around with and just seems to be the, the main go-to book. Yeah. But, but alright, let's actually get into some of this conversation here then. So, guys, from here on, I don't know where our conversation's going to go. There are probably going to be major spoilers for this if you do not want Gravity Falls spoiled. And I'd recommend that you don't. There are a lot of really cool mysteries in this show. 100% go check the show out for yourself this will be uploaded on YouTube if you want to hear our thoughts on it this will be uploaded wherever we put our podcasts up anywhere that you can get it from it's generally there you can go catch it there but this is going to be a spoiler cast for a 10 year old Disney XD show so <laughs> so you have been fully warned but mm-hmm. to delve into this thing because we kind of talked before we came on and both you and I kind of missed Gravity Falls like when it first came out like we yes. didn't we didn't see it when it was initially released in twenty twelve. We didn't have to do the big massive hiatus between episodes, thank goodness. Um, Good call, Kali. Yeah, nothing was I'm almost done with the second watch of the entire series, so nothing can be spoiled for me. Exactly. Be be like Kali, go and watch it. Uh so how did you find out about Gravity Falls and how did you get into Gravity Falls then since you weren't like an original watcher when it was on. So this is actually really interesting uh, because of the question Chunk just asked. Um, I didn't actually even know Gravity Falls was a thing until probably maybe four years ago at most when my older son had been just exploring all kinds of random shows on the internet and one day he was like oh my gosh have you ever heard of gravity falls and i was like no what is that and for anyone who doesn't know me um especially if you've never been on my channel when i stream uh i love animated shows i'm a huge fan of cartoons like in general um i don't have nearly enough gravity falls alerts on my channel but like when you lurk on my channel it it plays a clip of uh, bill cypher um if I tell a really bad joke, I have a specific channel redemption where it'll play a clip of the the, the puppet versions of uh, Fiddleford and Grunkle Stan. Um, but anyway, so I, I sidetracked myself already. We're 10 seconds <laughs> in. So my older son says to me... That's all right. You, um, you know how this podcast this works. That's fine. That's, that's true. We, we sidetrack um, so often. We all knew what was going to happen when I was going to be on the show, too. Let's be real. Um, but yeah, so my older son was like, have you ever heard of this? And I said, no. And he starts telling me a little bit about it. And... Uh, one of the things that made me a hundred percent immediately in is the fact that Mabel is voiced by uh, Kristen Schaal, yes. who also does the voice of Louise on Bob's Burgers, which is one of my other all-time favorite animated series ever. So I immediately knew I was going to have to check it out. But by the end of like episode three, I knew this was going to be one of my favorite shows ever. Mm-hmm. But even just the first episode. Like, I was like, okay, no, I'm all in on this. Are you kidding? Yeah. Especially because they have 
I love the completely not related to the rest of the story, but still totally relevant post-credits things <laughs> that, that the shows used to do. And it drives me nuts that nothing does it anymore. But, like, Gravity Falls nailed it. it the the, the mid-slash-post-credits scenes that they do in every single episode are mm-hmm. always somehow related to what was going on, but are never required watching. It's literally just a... You love the show? Have a tiny bit more. Maybe. And some of them are so r- ridiculous. I mean, even for the first episode, the first one is one of the gnomes who appears in the first episode. Shmebulok. Like, <laughs> vomiting a rainbow, which he does in the episode, but legitimately it's the entire credits. And it gets to that point of, like, it does it just long enough to the fact you go, like, okay, I get, I get the humour of this show now. Like, it, there yeah. Is. There you go. It's exactly that gift that's on Locke's cheeks right now. It's him <laughs> vomiting in the forest and it goes for the entire credits, no purpose to it, no build up to it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that that's the humor that I'm expecting for the rest of the show. Like I'm in. It's like it's it's crazy. Um But yeah, sorry, I, I jumped in and interrupted you this time. My turn eight. That's, right. I mean, that's that's fine. That's, <laughs> but, but that's like that's the whole thing. It was just so random. My older son was just coming across shows and uh you know, the internet did what it did and they were like, if you like X, you might like Y. And so he checked out Gravity Falls and immediately was like, Rob, you got to watch this. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And just, I instantly fell in love. Yeah, 100%. Um, I was kind of the same. I, I only found out with this show running about the same time, about four or five years ago, it must have been at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd heard a lot of people kind of mentioning it. I'd heard, like, I've heard people mention, like, animated shows, like, oh, this is so cool, you need to check it out. And I'm a fan of a lot of, like, kind of animated shows as well. Like, But a bunch of them, like, I... I kind of got into and other ones are just they just passed me by people kept saying how great they were uh, and I think honestly the thing that finally got me into checking it out was actually film theory on YouTube because they did a couple of mm. episodes talking about how Gravity Falls was connected could be connected to Rick and Morty yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is, is which also is, super cool. Yeah, which is stuff that we'll get into because the creator Alex Harris is friends with the creators. Even Justin Roiland even does voices in uh, Gravity Falls and stuff as well. One of the coolest characters in the show. Yeah. Blinded. Gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> the time traveler who 100% has Morty's voice. Like, absolutely. Yep. It's like, it's not even like it's kind of changed. No, it's just Morty. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is a. <laughs> And at that at that point, Rick and Morty wasn't even sort of a thing. Yeah, it wasn't. I think Rick and Morty was like maybe time time traveler's pig was Blendon's first, which was August twenty twelve. So like Rick and Morty had did they have season two? Even I think they had season one, but I don't think even season one came or was it like just after that it happened? Yep, it was just after. Okay, so. For anyone who thinks I'm I'm pulling some sort of weird thing where I just know this stuff, I I do have the wiki open on another <laughs> window here. No, Locke's um, just all knowledgeable in this stuff. He just knows. He just okay. Listen, I'm gonna tell a very brief <laughs> anecdote because it's relevant to this specific joke here. There was a point in my life where I was so up to date on the cartoons that I was watching that somebody could give me a random quote from an episode of South Park. I could tell you who said it, what episode it was in what season it was in and what episode number it was in. 
So that's an addiction. That's what that is. It's, it's weird. Like, like I was like going out of my way to make notes or whatever, just like I would watch the show, and my brain would be like, "Let's retain that." You won't remember your own phone number, but you'll know what Butters said in this episode off the top of your head. Like, and and of all the shows as well, like South Park, and I'm like, that's that's not easy. It wasn't intentional. That's not an easy <laughs> thing to do. Like, they're in how many seasons? Like, even back then, like they were in how many seasons? Like, that's. <laughs> The point that I could do that, there were only like ten seasons out, I think. Okay, I mean, that's that's not too bad. Ago. I was gonna say, like, yeah, see if you could do that now. That's like some sort of like medical ability to pull that out at this point. <laughs> I, I, but what, what's super weird about it is it wasn't just South Park at the same time. There were other shows that my brain was just like, let's retain all of this useless information. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey. There was a board game that was basically Trivial Pursuit for Family Guy facts. Oh. And at one point we quit playing the game and everybody was like, let's just read questions and go around the room. And if you get it wrong, we'll pass it to the next person in the row. Once it hit me, it never left. We wound up putting the game away because they, they were on like the fourth question in a row. And the person reading the card, literally all they said was, what day did Lois? And I said, Cattill's day. And you could hear a pin drop because the rest of the question is, what did what day did Lois say? that uh, they made up so that they could have an extra day of whatever news show was relevant at that time. And they made up Cattill's Day for the, the show, but like I knew it halfway through the question. And they were like, alright, let's put this game away. We're done. Log ruining people's fun since what year? <laughs> oh, that was easily a decade ago. Um, uh, can I say as well, uh, Pitboy Wasteland, first time chatter in there. How are you doing? Welcome on in, Pitboy. Thank you for joining us for our Gravity Falls review that has quickly skewed off into talking about all animated shows, apparently. Yes. Because that's how we roll at Comics in the Cross. Never sticking on topic for more than five minutes. This is my brain at any <laughs> given moment. Um, but to, to the, the relevant question, Time Traveler's Pig aired August of 2012. Rick and Morty debuted December of 2013, so it was just over a year. And to between... to Collie's point as well, like it's almost like it was done intentionally because there are legitimate points in the show that cross over. Like you see stuff happening, mm -hmm. like in one of the episodes, Grunkle Stand. Like I think it says pen, his notepad, and like his coffee mug. Oh, in the hat, yeah. yeah, that like sucked through the portal that's in front of him. And in one of the Rick and Morty episodes, you legitimately see it coming out of a portal in the background. Mm -hmm. It's like they, they've literally put, the Citadel. they've yeah. literally put Easter eggs into it, um, and there's there's so many fan theories about how it's connected. Um, <laughs> it's like and it's of insane. course we'll never see them actually connected. Oh no, because a list of reasons. Yeah, because I'm never going to do like a an adult animated show like Rick and Morty getting signed off on by Disney to cross over with a Disney XD kids show. <laughs> it's like yeah, nah, they're never going to agree to that one. But like in my head canon, 100% is the same universe or oh, yeah. multiverse because that's the whole premise of Rick and Morty and Gravity mm -hmm. Falls is this whole multiverse of worlds. Well, um, what's beautiful about that scene? Because Kali just confirmed that the portal scene with the, the stuff is what they were thinking of. Yeah. What's awesome about that is that that's not even the only connection in that scene, <clears throat> the two shows, because that happens as they're walking through the, the Citadel for the Council of Ricks and Rick and Morty, and in the background there are just a crap load of pop culture references. Yes, I know where you're going with, with us, yeah. Yeah, with with uh, them looking like alternate versions of the character, and one of the alternate versions is just straight up Dipper and Mabel. Yeah, it's, a, it's two Mortys that are dressed up like Dipper and Mabel, like one hundred percent. If you look in the background, it's absolutely. Um, oh, Chuck, uh, I couldn't tell you that now. 
It's early though. <laughs> we we, we, we so might get it. <laughs> I I will say it's the one where he ultimately gets taken away because Meg is pretending to be a waitress. Uh, who is a single mother to get bigger tips or she is a waitress pretending to be a single mother to get bigger tips and the state takes Stewie away uh, and it's the one where they're having the neighborhood war where like they're all mad at each other for winning the because they won't share the trophy for winning the best float in a parade but do you see what I'm talking about like this mm. is the stuff that sticks in my brain the stuff that comes out of your mind is amazing look how do you pull that stuff out of there like, I, I can't even remember the last time I watched that stuff in Family Guy to even come close to pulling that um, and and to Collie, single episode of Family Guy in like five years. Yeah, and to Collie and Chat, yeah, absolutely. If you go to the first episode that Rick and Morty go to the Citadel, um, as they're walking through and Rick's like ranting and talking about how crap the Citadel is and how much he doesn't want to be there, if you look in the background, you can literally see the Dipper and Mabel Mortys, um, they're one hundred percent in there, and the running fan theory that's talked about in film theory is the fact of the going into spoiler territory now Ford. Um, Stan's brother who disappears into the portal for like 30 years the working fan theory is actually he was part of Rick's team along with Bird Person and Squanch that like were travelling through the multiverse together that Ford was part of that team which is a really interesting crossover because it means there's a good chance at some point Rick has faced off against Bill Cipher which is just a hell of a fight to think about <laughs> yeah I will say it would be a way more interesting fight now than it would have been earlier in Rick and Morty because early in Rick and Morty they basically treat Rick like he's uh, this incomprehensibly uh, overpowered, invincible like god being basically. Uh, yeah. But in the more recent episodes he's definitely been shown to be more more fallible. They had that one where uh, yes. he got into a fight with Thor and just got the crap kicked out yes, of him. Yes! 100%. Like, Wow. Okay, Rick's uh, Rick is not impervious. I mean, even so. in, like what was it the recent season when he actually faced off? Well, not the most recent season, but a couple of seasons ago when he actually faced off with like Phoenix Person, the revived Bird Person. It's like he got wrecked in that fight. Like, oh yeah, season one Rick would have totally won that without a without even question. But yeah, this version of Rick is with some random thing in his pocket. Yeah, like, but this version of Rick and I'm like, that'd be a heck of a fight because that would be a literal fight to the death with Bill Cipher. Oh, because yeah. Bill, if anyone doesn't know who Bill Cipher is, go watch the show. Bill is like the big bad for the show and one of my favorite villains of all time. I love Bill Cipher. He is such a phenomenal villain. He is so cool. The freaking giant one-eyed triangle. He is an amazing villain. Um, but yeah, so it's like it's really cool, like seeing that sort of connection with them, and that was kind of my way into Gravity Falls to get back to the point that got us on Rick and Morty. Was like, oh, so this is crossing over with Rick and Morty, and I'm like, okay, I'm like maybe I need to check this out because everyone keeps talking about how great Gravity Falls is, and and I got so intrigued with the first episode, just the way it was, the way the characters were set up, the mystery that set up with Grunkle Stan from the get go, like with what's behind the vending machine and all this stuff setting it up and I'm like okay I'm in I need I need to see what happens here and every episode just intrigued me more there he is Bill Cipher one of the best villains in any show I've ever watched like and I love how they built him up as well to like from the get go when you first meet him he does not seem like a monstrous threat and that very quickly changes <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you look at this guy. 
He's so he's so cute. Look at him. Yeah, he's a little triangle with his top hat and his bow tie. Like, what kind of threat is he? And I'm like, but yet at the very get go, like you learn how psychotic he is. Like when he first gets summoned, and it's like he brings um, Gideon like here, have some deer teeth, and literally like magically rips teeth out of deer's head and gives them to him, and then puts them back. And it's like, yeah. oh, this guy's nuts. This guy is legitimately insane. <laughs> it, which is also one of my favorite things about this show is that you can't at any given point judge anything you're looking at on how it looks no nothing i mean they set that up from the very first episode like that picture i showed earlier in the book from the undead literally comes from that very first episode of dipper finds the journal and starts to go through it and his twin sister mabel dipper and mabel being the main characters if you don't know um gets a boyfriend and it's like he looks like a ridiculous teenager that there's something a bit off about and Dipper comes to the conclusion like he's a zombie reads it in the journal looks at the video clips from they even see his hand falling off in one of the video clips he's like this guy's a zombie oh my goodness I need to go save Mabel only to get there and find out he's not a zombie he's a bunch of gnomes dressed up <laughs> like, yeah. was it like four or five gnomes like dressed up in all these clothes that want to make Mabel their queen and I'm like from the get go, it's like you cannot judge anything in this show as normal. Yeah, I mean, look there, at that. There's, like, there's our zombie, or so we think. Yeah, and it's like he looks just like the picture in there. Dipper's like, this is a zombie. This is a zombie, and it ends up being five gnomes dressed yeah, I up. I can't really. There's no way for me to really get the other half of that in there. without no. like grabbing a video clip. So, but it's like that's that's the throwing everything, like turning everything on its head that this show does it's like don't take anything for granted don't take anything as like this is how it's perceived at um, all times question everything <laughs> and it, it kind of like changes the show as it goes as well because it starts off very much like a weekly you know like villain of the week or adventure of the week sort of storyline with little hints to stuff building up to this big finale like you have no idea what's coming when you first start watching it like it builds up so well to this um, do we want to start going into kind of like the main story and the main lead ups to this and then go into kind of some of our favourite episodes and stuff after that because like I'm because I don't want to go through episode by episode sort of thing but I want to try and have some sort of like direction of where, where the conversation goes I know that's not going to work because it never does on a show <laughs> uh, yeah I mean wh wherever you want to start man it, uh, this, is, this is your dance I'm here yeah well, the main thing of the show is literally it starts off with Dipper finding journal number three. That's the whole premise. Him and Mabel are sent to Gravity Falls, Oregon to stay with their Grunkle Stan, mm -hmm. um, who owns the Mystery Shack, which is basically a swindler hut, kind of like a Ripley's, believe it or not, of like all these weird and wonderful things, only 100% none of these things are real. There's not yeah. a thing of like, did this exist or did it not exist? It's like, no, this is all like utter BS. It's none of it is real. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the attractions in the show is that us as viewers looking at them, like, come on, how are you falling for this? Like, yeah. You can literally see the, the glue or the gum holding the antlers on the rabbit. Like, and like, and like, this what? This is very obviously fake. 
Alright, Chunk, no worries, sir. Just drop a lurk. <laughs> See you, Chunk. Chunk is literally leaving the chat right now to go watch this show. And I'm like, I 100%, like, where we're going with this, if you have not watched this show, I do not want to spoil it for you. Go check it out. Mission accomplished, honestly. We yeah. talked, about, talked it up so much, he had to go watch it. Yeah, not enough people talk about how good this show is, like, legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing is, Dipper goes for a wander in the woods. I think he's to go hang up signs is, like, the initial thing. Stan sends him to go hang up signs, and he finds... Yeah. A control box inside a metal tree, and he flicks one of the levers, and it reveals journal number three. No hint at who in the a hole in the ground. Yeah, no hint at who the author is. Just that Gravity Falls is full of weird and wonderful things. It's like these amazing creatures, this amazing supernatural lore. And the only hint we get is at the author that we don't even know we're getting a hint at the author at the time is the fact that the hand has six fingers on it. Mm. Which they don't even really address that. At yeah, at that point, like he puts his hand on it, and so you can see it's the wrong number of fingers for the in-universe hands. And I, yeah. I feel like that had to be a pointed decision by the animators for something that often goes overlooked in animated shows as well. Um, you you don't really notice most of the time, but think back about any animated show you've watched. How many fingers do the characters have? Yeah, and like. The Simpsons is their their short one, you know what I mean? They're yeah, it's four. four. Ninja Turtles, obviously, there was three, and everybody was like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." But then all the regular people had five. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, like, the more realistic the show is, the more likely it is to have the correct number of fingers. But even that's not a given. And so, like that that moment where where Dipper's like hand on the book you're like oh that's not the right number of fingers is it yeah and it's like it's just there's little hints to it in the first season like you see different things about the hand of like that's hinting that the author is we're looking for someone with six fingers <clears throat> but they don't ad- really pride. <laughs> yeah it's like they don't address it at all like I think the only other major thing we see is like when we finally get to see Stan in like the room where the portal is that he puts on like the gloves and you can see he's putting the glove on there's like a finger dangling when I got to that episode, I was like, "How did I not notice that the first time I watched it?" Yeah, it's like it's one of those things. That, like you see it this dangling, very like, obviously just flopping off the side of the glove. And there's like there's little hints to that, but like they never outright address it. Um. So the initial stuff for the show is literally a adventure by adventure week. If something happens, Dipper goes to the journal to kind of find out what's going on with it. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go well. Things usually go off the rails pretty quickly and, you know, chaos and shenanigans ensue. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all building to this big reveal. Um, and I think the first episode that really starts to build towards the finale, um, apart from getting the journal, I think is actually a few episodes later when we get introduced to Lil Gideon. That he's mm-hmm. going to be the secondary like antagonist towards them. Because uh, little Gideon like is like Stan's arch enemy, who we see like the the tent of telepathy advertised and all this stuff because mm. he's a psychic and it turns out he's like literally this little kid. Yeah, he's this little kid Which... who's like so folksy as Wendy describes him. Yeah, <laughs> but the beauty part of that is it it's it just all it does in the uh, in the, the the reveal moment for him is reinforce once again that you can never judge anything you're looking at by how it looks because superficially even from the jump like you're kind of like okay something is weird here because they're yeah. all uh, when when Mabel and Dipper go to the tent and Gideon's like stand up everybody 
and then Dipper stands up and he's like, how did he do that? But yeah. like, there's no indication that it was anything other than like you, your mob mentality moment. Everybody else stood up, so of course Dipper stood up. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's just like a there's there's something going on, and like and he's getting yeah. this. You know, almost for the get go, like okay, this kid isn't psychic, but somehow he's getting the information to like mm-hmm. to put on the front, and then like the big reveal for him is learning that oh, Gideon has a book too, and we find out that Gideon has journal number two. So it sets him up as like he's a bigger threat than we realized. Um, what I thought was cool for that was that the first thing was also kind of a red herring because the first reveal for him was that how he was pulling all that off was he had that amulet. Mm, yeah, it had this like amulet that like gets destroyed in the first thing we see him. Like it doesn't last beyond yeah. that first episode because the whole first episode we see him is like he's got a crush on Mabel. Which, it, in this whole yeah. thing of, like, trying to be with her and stuff like that, and trying to make the date work, and then he's like, I'm going to use my power and uses this amulet, which is, like, does... Did the book lead him to this amulet? Because the amulet does have powers. Like, it makes him and Mabel fly during the episode. Yeah. Well, and then he uses it to attack Dipper at the end, uh, and then Mabel uses it to save them both when they go flying out the side of the building. Yeah, and it's like... But that kind of gets taken out of the equation, and you're like, okay, so that's kind of taken care of, and then we learned, no, the reason he found that was because he has one of the other journals. Yeah. Um, so it sets him up as like, yeah, Gideon's coming back. He's a he's a threat. Yeah. But we don't get much more for quite a while. Like, literally, it's almost like a... Back to the kind of pacing through it. Until we get kind of near the end of the season, and we get set up for the introduction of Bill Cipher. Um, his first introduction is literally Gideon using journal number two to summon him. So almost from the get-go, it still kind of looks like little Gideon is still in control of the whole situation. He's still the guy pulling the strings. He's summoning this demon from another dimension to get... And honestly, like looking at it after you know who Bill Cipher is, I'm like, oh my goodness, you are so underplaying to his power. He summons Bill Cipher mm-hmm. to go into Grunkelstan's head and get the combination for his safe so that Gideon can steal the deed for the mystery shack because he wants to get the shack. He says he wants to destroy it, but we find out the reason he wants it is because he wants the other journal. He's looking for journal number one. Mm-hmm. And believe it's on that property. And it's like, but I'm like, he summons Bill Cipher for that. If you know who Bill Cipher is, it's like, wow, you're really not using him at his full ability, are you? You just you bought a rocket launcher to kill a fly. <laughs> exactly, it's like, oh my goodness! Like, and the thing is, is what I love about this. Bill just goes with it. Yeah. Well, Bill is Bill so freaking is smart. Always the long game. He is yeah. so smart. He is playing the long game because I think like he, he describes it later in season two. Like he's been in his dimension for like what thousands, millions of years by our standards. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's been playing the long game for a very long time to get free, and like he, and even like when Gideon summons him, he's still only really able to enter the mindscape. He's still not fully like arrived in our world yet. Yeah. But like he very just yeah okay, I'll get the mystery shack for you. I'll I'll do what you need me to do, and just doesn't seem like a massive threat. Well, at that point, we haven't even revealed what's really important about the mystery shack hmm no because at that point like when he summons him like we we don't get know about the mystery shack we don't know what Uncle Grunkle Stan's hiding in the basement we don't know 
We've not seen journal number one at this point, all we know is two and three are there. Like there's so much stuff that's still like in shadow by the time that happens. Yeah. And we get a little hint at the end of that episode, like when they fight back against Bill of like just how big a threat he is, like they manage to get the code away from him and like that moment of like where he almost like clears Grunkle Stan's mind after they've gone in after mm. him and it's like just okay, it's his playing field. Until they set up, like, well, actually, no, this is the mindscape. We can do whatever we want to fight back. I have to wonder if, if, in that moment, how much of that... I mean, obviously, for the purposes of the show itself, it went the way that it went on purpose, everything, blah, blah, blah. But, like, mm -hmm. knowing what we learn later about Bill and how powerful he is, like, did he let them win? I think to a certain extent he probably Could he did. have won? I think to a certain extent he probably did let them win, but kind of like we said, like he's he's a master of the long game. Yeah. Like wiping them. Well, that's all, exactly my point. Wiping them all out, he's like doesn't do him anything at this that's point. Cool. But at the same time, like when he disappears, he puts like the wheel around him that mm -hmm. you'll see constantly throughout the show hinted at as Bill it's Cipher. In the center of this wheel with all these different images and i mean like right from the get-go you're like oh i know what that image is i know what that image represents some of them no clue until the finale when it's revealed what it's meant to represent it's like you yeah. literally have no clue like um like one of them's the hand from the front of the journal one of them's the pine tree that's on dipper's hat one of them's the shooting star that mabel wears on one of her sweaters there's a picture of the wheel in the journal isn't there uh is there one in the journal I want to say yes, but I can, I can tell you where. Um, so like, there's very much a big hint of like Bill's kind of backing out and like, you know, like the he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day sort of thing. It's like a like I'm I'm going to step away now, but like I'm going to be back. Yeah. Sort of moment and and you almost like forget about Bill as well because like right off the get go from there, it's like well, Gideon well they've been in the mindscape gets the deed to the mystery shack gets control of the whole thing so you're like focused completely back on Gideon so like Bill almost is like a fleeting thought in that first season like they literally yeah. play such a long game with him well and so actually that's that's uh I'm halfway through the journal I don't see it I'm sure it's in here but I don't remember where um that actually is one of my absolute favorite things about the show and why it skyrocketed to a permanent place in one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it falls in, in the same way that Futurama did. The writers in, in both of those shows themselves were constantly playing a long game as well. Um, yes. We briefly talked already about an episode from season one called The Time Traveler's Pig, mm -hmm. which the, the major important factor of that are that they introduce two characters. One... Is, is just fun. It's Waddles the pig. Waddles. He's did, okay, when you first watched that, did you think Waddles was going to be a reoccurring character as frequently no. as he was? <laughs> I straight up was like, we're going to have this pig wandering around in the background a couple of times, maybe. But no, Waddles becomes a prominent character in the show. But Waddles is just a treasure. He's, he's fantastic. Waddles is amazing. But what we... Wanted, the other character we wind up getting introduced to was the previously mentioned Blendon Blandon. A, a time traveler who has no business being a time traveler. <laughs> um, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> what's what's fantastic is that was episode nine, so we're, you know, just almost halfway through season one. Yeah. 
And if you watch that episode, they jump all over the place through scenes from earlier episodes in the show. Yeah. If you go back and watch the episodes those are from, you can see that stuff going on in the background. Yeah, so, it like, was all planned. Episode, <laughs> yeah. The very second episode, Legend of the Gobblewonger, they're, they're out on a boat in the lake, and it's basically Loch Ness Monster, and Dipper wants to get a picture of it to, to make a bunch of money selling it to a paper. Uh, but one of the scenes real early in that episode is Fiddleford McGucket interrupting everybody and screaming about, I saw it! I saw the Gobblewonger! And in The Time Traveler's Pig, they, they show the scene from a different angle where Blendon is chasing Dipper and Mabel through the background there. So it's not the same angle, but if you go back and watch that episode, they're absolutely running through the background. Yeah. Or or Blandon is, anyway, running through the background in that episode. And so, like, they just pepper stuff in all over the place like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just constant that that stuff is, is in the show. I mean, I think it's a good point to mention as well. Like, that's the whole thing with this show as well. Like, Alex Hirsch, the creator of Gravity Falls, and the voice of, like, characters like Uncle Stan and Bill Cipher and, like he had a plan like the show wasn't cancelled after season 2 like no season 2's like finale was the finale in mind yeah there was a journey that he went on season 1 and 2 that he had made the decision that 2 was going to be it yeah like he had he had planned this out like no this is this is what we're building up to like he he knew start to finish where we're going with this um, and there is some stuff of like how the season 2 changed that I'm going to mention later on from the initial plans but I'm yeah. very excited to get to that. But, like, yeah, he, he had a plan of where this was going. Like, that whole first season Bless was you. planned and laid out, and, like, this is what's happening. It's like, he was so smart with it. Um, even, like, the transition of, like, between seasons, like, the whole thing of, like, Little Gideon being the main antagonist for season one, he disappears for, like, all of season two. Because mm-hmm. Dipper and Mabel defeat him and put him in prison. He gets arrested because it turns out he's been spying on the whole town. And Grunkle Stan, like, finds out because the pins that Gideon gives out have got cameras in them and it keeps interfering with his hearing aid. Which I love the fact that, yeah. like, that's how they get him in prison, not the fact of, like, basically he built a giant robot that starts chasing down Dipper and Mabel and it sets off, like, an almost nuclear level size explosion when it falls off a bridge and blows up. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's not, not a, a fact. That's not a big deal at all, but no, you had a camera in your badges that we all willingly took freely. You know, mm. <laughs> it's like okay, but yeah, like I mean, the whole layout of that, like we see Bill Cipher for an episode, and like Gideon has been the reoccurring villain, and then all of a sudden, season two, boom, flips. Mm-hmm. Bill Cipher is the big bad, and gets heavily hinted at for the most of it until he starts showing up again. Where Gideon, yeah. we don't even see until like later episodes, and even that, it, it's like clips of him in prison. Yeah. Like, it's him in prison until, like, the very end when he comes out again. Yeah. he's uh, His only major appearance in Season 2, really, prior to the finale, was the Stanchurian Candidate, which was Episode 14 out of 20. Yeah, and it's the one where his, uh, his dad, Bud Gleeful, is running for, for, mayor. Mayor. for mayor, and it turns out Gideon is using mind control to try and take over him and do it himself. Yep. Which, yeah, that's a Gideon thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, how did you feel then coming to the end of like? Because you and I both did the same thing. We pretty much binged this show. We didn't have to wait for yeah. anything. So, what were your thoughts coming to the end of season one? 
because season one left on a very big kind of mystery as well because the whole thing was that we find out at the end not just with the giddy and stuff but like dipper like reveals journal number three to stan who has yep. managed to basically pickpocket Gideon's journal number two when he gets imprisoned. We don't realise that until the very end clip. And it gets revealed that Stan has journal number one. He's had okay. it this whole time. When we first see this bunker that's below the mystery shack, that's behind the vending machine, and when you put the three journals together, you get the the blueprints for this, for the machine. Yeah. this machine that we have no idea what it does, just that Stan is turning it on at the end of season one. And then, mm-hmm. boom, cut to black. And like, it's like, oh, you get leaving us, and <laughs> you left <laughs> us there. It's like, you yeah. cannot leave us there. Like, I what, mean, if nothing else, that very much cemented. Oh, they have a plan. <laughs> you don't have a cliffhanger like that if you don't have a plan. Going back and binging it, it very much cemented. Of like, yeah, I'm watching the whole of season two today. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, yep. I was going to get up and do stuff, but no, I'm staying right here and finishing the show. <laughs> is what I'm doing. This, this is the rest of my day. Yeah. Um, I, okay. We we talked very briefly before we went on air about how it's not zero, but there are very few gripes with the show. This is actually one of my only gripes with the show is that it fell prey to the same aggravating cliffhanger pres- uh, premise trope that like everything does. They mm. ended season one on that hard cliffhanger of him being like like full-blown uh music fitting the mood like i finally have them all and he's like with the glove and like you're like okay what is going on what is going on he flips on the machine and it goes dark and then we come into season two and we're like okay what's gonna happen nothing nothing, nothing for half nothing a season yeah we're what? just we're gonna pretend <laughs> that didn't just put that put that back in the closet we'll deal with it later I hate that trope. I get it. I a hundred percent get it. They wanted you to know that there is a plan, there is something bigger going on here, and that we will absolutely address it. I think that alone could later. have been could have been salvaged just by the fact of not having him turn on the machine or like start the process to turn it on. Yeah, just now I have the third journal. Just have him with the third journals. Where the parts go. And even open the journals to show them all fit together. Like this is where everything changes and leave it there. Because the the very yeah. start of season two goes into the whole thing of like Stan admitting to the kids, "I'm not an idiot. I know this stuff exists. I've been trying to keep you away from it." It's like he yeah. he starts to come out. He doesn't tell the kids everything, but he's like, "Seriously, you thought I didn't notice this stuff? Come on, like I'm not I'm not. I'm not I have to be to not see this. You know, it's like. So yeah, but I do get that with you. Like yeah, that's kind of like, it kind of sucks that you then have. I don't think you notice it as much when you do kind of binge watch through the show, like because like because yeah. they're twenty minute episodes, so you very quickly can run through it and get to the stuff of that's connected. But yeah, one hundred percent, I'm like, it's really weird. He turns on this machine, and we're like, oh, what does it do? You won't know for like months. Yeah, well, years. At this point, I mean, <laughs> uh, what was? Where's the tale of two stands? The tale of two stands was July twenty fifteen, and he turned that. Excuse me, he turned that machine on August 2nd, 2013. So you literally have to wait so a almost year. exactly two years. Two years. Until you worked out what was going on. I'm like, that's a long wait time. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I would have survived that, watching it as it was coming out. Like, that's insane. But so, like, that's that's the thing. I don't love that trope. And I will say, even with that, they did they did use it serviceably because 
Him turning the machine on causes that energy spike, which gets the attention of the government, which brings them in, and it's that point we get Nick Offerman's uh, FBI agent, which was, you know, a fun boat to speak. Okay. Such a, such, a ran- such a random casting choice of like, Nick Offerman's in this. Like, why is Nick Offerman in this? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, that was the thing. We didn't touch on this at all, but I have to say this is another one of those shows where they just have a tremendous voice cast. Oh, the voice cast is phenomenal. The, yeah. Uh, some of them didn't age quite as well. Um, looking at you, T.J. Miller. <laughs> but, uh, you know... It's okay, uh, he plays... I was going to say, it's okay, he plays Robbie. Nobody likes Robbie anyway. But T.J. Miller wow, plays okay. Robbie. <laughs> my, my namesake here cut me deep just now. But no, you're you're not wrong. That's not, uh, he is one of the more insane. Your name's not Robbie, your name's Locke. That's fair. Um... <laughs> I literally but cannot. Yeah, so, I can't. I literally cannot look at you and say Rob. It, like it doesn't fit. You're, you're Locke. <laughs> Do you know? Like I have real life friends now who just call me Locke sometimes. So I'm like, it's fine. I'm good with it. Um, but yeah, no. So the voice cast is amazing, and you mm. know, you know, you're doing something right when you get Mark Hamill to come in and do a voice as well. Oh, it's so um, good. The episode that he's brought even, in is so good as well. And it's not even like an important character. We never see him again. No, because like you're almost like thinking it's an important character because they hint at like, oh, it's the author. Like, oh my goodness, Mark Hamill's voice and he's doing the author, and it's like, and very like quickly, it's like, no, it's not. It's a shapeshifter. No. And like, and that's it, and he's gone. And I'm like, you literally brought him in for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Now, on the other side of that, I will say, if we couldn't have Mark Hamill as the author, uh, author, um, we didn't do bad getting J.K. Oh, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I was okay, half so, a season of J.K. Simmons, and I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say full disclosure: I am still working my way through the backlog of uh, the podcasts, mm-hmm. and I am currently listening to the Invincible episode. I, I don't. You, I, you, I don't like you to think about. Nice... I don't like to think about that episode. That went so weirdly for us that day. I don't even. I don't know what happened <laughs> I mean, in doing. And it's like it was just so random and weird. I don't know what happened that day. Is conversation was good though, um, but specifically, it, it's it's interesting timing for me because y- you had that moment where you guys just you broke for a minute to talk about how good J.K. Simmons is and what amazing range he has uh-huh. as an actor and especially as a voice voice actor. And this is another great example of it because like put Omni Man against Ford Pines, like. They're nothing alike, and he plays both of them so perfectly. I could never imagine anyone else doing that. Voice. Oh yeah, the voice fits both of them, and you're like, but like they're so. F- how does that work? They're so far from one another, and I'm like, yeah. But like it, it goes again to like completely utterly praise J.K. Simmons, like just how good of an actor he is. Like, like literally go and look at his IMDb page. Like the range of roles that man can play is the other big one is phenomenal. Yeah, the other big one I've been seeing for him lately is his role in the movie Whiplash, mm. which, again, <laughs> you know, separate that from all Ford there. Like, yeah, the guy he plays in Whiplash is just a monster. Yeah, like, it's... but a completely different kind of monster than Omni Man, even. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. It's a totally different level of it. But yet, yeah, the guy's just got so good. The guy's just so good in the roles that he plays, and like so many characters are so different from each other. Like J.K. Simmons was like one of the I I legitimately could not imagine him casting anyone more perfect to play Ford. 
Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't know what voice I was expecting when Ford spoke, but like, see when you meet the author and you meet Ford for the first time, and that's the voice that comes out. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hi there, Sparkles Queen Michelle. How are you doing? Sparkles Queen was one of our new followers that came in on Friday along with um, Zena. So thank you so much for popping back in. I appreciate it. Good to see you again. Sorry, I'm trying to do a shout. I suck at spelling. <laughs> see if it works this time. But see, that's why you just at. Yeah, hey, there we go. No clips, so I'm getting some music in my ears. I love that that's a feature on this show. <laughs> there we go. Could be worse. Um, Alright, so... But yeah, so... How did we get on that subject? What were we talking about? We were talking about the end of Season 1 and then automatically started talking about stuff in oh, Season yeah, 2 okay. instead. Yeah, so, because that's what so we do. Can, <laughs> yes. So we brought in Nick Offerman's FBI agent. That's yes. where we branched, was the voice. That was it, yeah. It was... Um, yeah. And so, like, it, it annoyed the crap out of me that for the beginning of season two, they, they fell into that trope of we set up this major thing that we're not going to address right now. But at least they didn't do literally nothing with it mm -hmm. was was what made me feel better about it was we brought in the FBI and that became a, a running and important sequence of the early part of, of season two. Yeah, well. first half of season two, that was like the big running thing. is And that's what happens in the episode where it leads up to the portal actually activating and um, Ford coming back through it's like that was the whole lead up to that and um, mm -hmm. was then don't get me wrong like after that I was like oh yeah they're gone now we just spent like half a season with the FBI agents and now they're just like oh we've cleared their memories um, and it's like okay just a little men in black isms yeah just literally like and on with our day um, but yes yeah, I think that's at the end of like season one was like a really it was really interesting because it left on a thing of like we definitely we definitely are building up to something we know what the end goal is you know sorry I'm trying to shuffle my thing I just realised my alignment for the actual show is off here it's really weird um, but yeah it's like it was so there we go that's bit why is there a big black border around my podcast <laughs> it's one of those things I know that nobody else is going to be bothered by it but now that I've seen it I have to fix it quickly because <laughs> it's going to bug me um, but yeah it's like it was one of those things of like they ended it in such a good note of like there's more to come like we have a plan Yeah. we we know where this is going like the portal coming like I, I'm sure from the get go they had the whole plan of uh, again, major spoilers one of the big mysteries, so if you don't want to be spoiled on it, um, that Ford was going to be the author and Ford was Stan's twin. Um, and running with the, which makes sense for the show because it's the whole running of the twin theme. Yeah. The whole running of, like, you know, Dipper and Mabel and then that parallel with Ford and Stan. And almost the fact of, like, yeah. the personalities almost match up, that Ford is very much like an older Dipper and Stan is like an older Mabel in a lot of ways. Um, and personality mm. traits, and um, so like it, it, it makes perfect sense that that's the direction that it went. Yeah. Um, with it, but like, yeah, they had the plan. Like, this is where Alex wanted to go with it, and um, and it ended up being a cool little twist to it. And it's like, and I love the fact they even do like a little meta joke about it as well. Of um, one of the end like universe TV shows, Duck Detective. There's a yes. whole twist that he's got like a twin brother, and they do like a meta commentary of like, "Oh, my theory was better." I guessed that like a year ago. You know all this stuff that everyone had basically been saying about Gravity Falls, and it's like, 
it was almost like Alex saying like this is the direction we're going he's got a twin brother get over yourselves just this is it <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. what's happening leave it alone um, but yeah it's like, so what did you think about the kind of change up going into season 2 then because we've talked about a few little things and season 2 obviously kind of changed from weekly adventures to more focus on leading to the big picture leading to the big yeah. finale story how did you feel the handled and coped with that change and the change in the storytelling i i thought it was really really well done um i I will say adjacent to that is one of the perils of binge watching these shows after they've come out is you don't that downtime between the episodes is where fan theories are born Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and when you don't have to wait any longer than the 30 seconds for the next episode to load you know you just kind of like gimme answer my questions right now you know and so you have the benefit of being able to look at it as a whole picture and say oh yeah no these pieces totally fit together exactly like that that makes complete sense yeah um that said i've definitely watched uh binge watched some shows that have kind of the mystery thing going on and you can see where it flounders like Mm -hmm. uh the pinnacle i think of that would be like lost uh, on a scale of Lost to Gravity Falls, how did they handle their transition? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I that they're about as far apart as you can get in terms of being able to appreciate where they were painting the bigger picture. With Lost, it is just abundantly apparent that they had a loose, basic plan where they wanted to end up, but no path how they wanted to get there. No so clue how you make it. <laughs> yeah, Gravity Falls makes it very apparent that they know exactly where they're trying to go and how they're planning to get there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like they clearly had a big picture for it, even with all the the weekly adventures and stuff that didn't necessarily tie into the main story. Like everything, little by little, led to there. Even just some of the yeah. stuff, like where it's like some of the episodes where like they would find certain things and they would like uh, like stuff I'm thinking about is like the. The crystal they find that if you put light through it, it can like enlarge you or shrink you, make a bigger or smaller, and it ends and it ends up coming back later on in the finale. Like it's it's almost like a throwaway episode. It's not that big of a thing, you know. It's yeah. a Gideon episode in season one, but like it's not a big threat Gideon episode. But like it comes back, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I I think to that like that that is an example of them peppering in things that they knew they were going to need later. Um. I, well, and basically, like, it was, it was sort of a Chekhov's gun thing. Like, yeah, that crystal exists. We know we can get another one. They're definitely going to get another one at some point. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but I think what's what was really cool about the way they did the transition in Season 2 away from the Monster of the Week format and directly into the um, Monster of the Narrative format, because it's not, yeah. like, a full narrative switch. There's still the Monster of the Week thing, but at the un- on the underside of it, everything they're doing is now pointing towards the greater mystery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the second episode, uh, Into the Bunker with Mark Hamill Mm -hmm. as the the shapeshifter, like, that's where it becomes immediately apparent that this is what we're doing for season two. Mm -hmm. The whole of the episode is centered around, well, we need to figure out what's going on with the author. And then we get into the secret bunker, and then it starts laying the groundwork for character development as well because that's the episode where Dipper finally admits 
to Wendy that he he's got a crush on her. Yeah. And just like Stan, she's like, "Come on, buddy. Of course I knew. I'd be dumb not to notice." Yeah, it's almost that thing of like this stuff in the background is brought to the forefront and it's addressed and dealt with because it's like this is it we're coming up to the finish here so we need to address this in a proper way and i love the way yeah, i love the way that he, stuff you know it's like he's had a crush on her that whole first season and i love the fact that they addressed that in this one of like yeah i realized you had a crush but we both know this can't go anywhere yeah you know it's like it's like he's age difference you he's don't 12. live here yeah he's 12 she's 16 he's going to be leaving at the end of the summer it's like so many reasons why this won't work even though, like, I, I get why a lot of fan theories put them together, because, like, personality-wise, yeah, it's spot on, but, like, there's just too many things that are a factor saying, no, this doesn't work. Um, what I think was... Go on. But it allows Dipper to move on from that. And it allows Dipper because, like, as much as Dipper and Mabel are very much the main characters of it, Dipper is the, the ride-along narrative character he's the one hunting for the author and in all honesty the whole big final fight as much as this whole build up of Ford and Bill have this history the final face off is Bill and Dipper yeah like the big face off each time is like the two of them like there's this whole big thing which led to other fan theories which I'll go into as we talk about fan theory stuff but like the whole thing is like Dipper facing off with Bill like you know, yeah. we, we even see it in Sock Opera, like the fact that Bill takes over Dipper's body and the whole big face off with that. It's like that's the that's the ride along character that we're following. It just so happens that Mabel's on for the ride as well because it's the two of them together working that can lead to a solution to beat Bill. Yeah. You know Which was also really cool. I, I loved the fact that at no point did they ever abandon their bond as twins. Like yeah. there was that whole episode centered around the one, uh, what's it called, Dipper and Mabel versus the Future, which is yeah in season two. Yeah, it's like, like it's dang near the end of the end of the show. Well, yeah, it's like right before the four part finale. Yeah. It's like it's it was the last one before Weird Mageddon, Yeah, because like Ford basically that whole thing comes ahead of like the Ford and Dipper are so similar and like, and the honest truth is like it it helps highlight how good Dipper is at this. Actually, even better than Ford, he's mastered in a mm -hmm. summer what Ford has spent yeah. decades of his life studying and I'm like yeah he had the journals for help though, all the research that Ford did but that's one of the big things in Weird Mageddon is the the whole thing of Dipper coming to realise like what he is capable of doesn't come from the journals it's him yeah. what he can do comes from him so like that's it he's proven how capable he is from this and it's like more so than Ford even is and then Again, we see that in the finale with like the you know the the stands like fighting with each other, mm. where Dipper and Mabel are like, no, we've got this. We we're going to we'll finish it from here. Like yeah, it's like because the two of them are fighting, and then it's like, and then Dipper and Mabel just step up and take over, and I'm like, don't worry, we got this. Mm. And like they're taking on this psychotic god level being from another dimension, with no fear, like no we can take him like it's as insane as long as we're together we can do anything is sort of the, the, the crux yeah. of it even and says, they live up to it well that's it that's the whole start of Weird Mageddon is the fact that Mabel is imprisoned in like one of the bubbles that Bill creates and Dipper's mm -hmm. whole thing when he finds Wendy is like she's like well, what do you need to beat him it's like I need Mabel I need Mabel right in my side like because the two and Wendy even echoes that this, the things I've seen you two do is some of the most crazy stuff I've ever seen like they really hammer home this whole twin duality of like that's where the power comes from is the two of them 
and it's so well done. It's not overdone, like you're hit over the head with it insanely, but it's like they hit it home and I'm like, you, you just get so invested in it. Like, you know, it's like, I need to go get Mabel. Like, hell yeah, let's go get her. Come on. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, it's like, it's well, so well done. Well, everyone rallies around it immediately because, like, everyone has been made aware through through whatever interaction they've had with them that like as long as these two are working together we're going to be okay yeah the whole of gravity falls falls in line behind their leadership to take on bill and like the finale is like it's such good storytelling like mm-hmm. like alex hirsch is such a phenomenal storyteller like it, it cannot be like understated how good the storytelling is like yeah it's some great stuff there's some great animation and some great like little love stories but like the whole if you watch Gravity Falls from beginning to end the story is what's going to keep you invested because yeah. the characters the character stories the arcs that they take and the overall arching story is just so well done like I, I am not ashamed to admit like it got me in tears with that finale when it happened like they had yeah. built up such a connection with these characters like I felt the emotions they were feeling going into that finale it was so good and i think it was literally the last thing we we're talking about before we went live where, where you had mentioned that it's nice to see that alex hirsch has been able to resist the uh reboot slash restart mentality of literally everything else around and i'll say uh i agree that it's nice uh to see that they haven't cashed in on this nostalgia factor just mm-hmm. because everything else is doing it but i would absolutely love to see them do a self-contained one-off revisit oh yes like either a movie or like a short season of like four episodes or something oh don't get me wrong 100 percent, i would love it 100 percent. if they announce like yeah you're getting more gravity falls i'm there as soon as that drops in disney plus i will be sitting at my screen watching it i i guarantee it but that thing have to be something that's that's it has to have a purpose it can't just be because oh it's the anniversary i guess we should yeah and that's it there should be a purpose to it. I don't want them to do something just because, and I definitely don't want anyone else to do it. Like, if oh, it's yeah, not going to be him, it has to be him. Like, I've seen a lot of people talking about it with the 10th anniversary. It's like, it'd be so cool to see, like, a movie of, like, Dipper and Mabel that little bit older now. You know, like, because... They didn't even do, like, literally just the next summer. Because you yeah. know they went back. Oh, know? yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, the whole thing, like, after an experience like that, why would you not go back the next one? Hey, Zena, how's it going, sweetheart? Good to see you. Hi, Zena. Thank you for stopping by. Small, yes, I, I'm glad you would be on that. I'm going to pay money to see a Gravity Falls yes. movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. If that was going to drop in theaters, I would be there opening night. I'm going to see freaking oh, Gravity yeah. Falls. Like, No question. Yeah, not not um, not even a doubt in my mind. I'm like, I, you're giving me more Gravity Falls content? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I bought my Thor Love and Thunder tickets the day they went on sale. You better believe I'd be waiting for the Gravity Falls tickets to flip. Oh, yeah, as soon as the pre-sales hits for that, I'm like, yep, I'm done. They're mine. Yep. Um, um, so there was one like, other thing I wanted to say, though. Yeah, uh, go for it, go for it, go for it. We were talking earlier about the, the, the way that Season 2 kicked into uh, putting a bow on things and moving us forward in the overall plot but also in the background plots as well with into the bunker with dipper admitting to mabel how he or to wendy how he felt and wendy being like yeah not so much um i I said mabel there because mabel pushed him to do it just so we're clear (laughs) um but uh, a couple episodes later uh the 10th episode we get northwest mansion mystery which ties into a couple of things we just touched on 
one one of my favorite all. episodes in the whole it's show so it's such a good episode and it leans it into, a lot of it leans into the horror as well like that episode's one yes. of those ones that's like freaking like dead animal heads in the wall start bleeding and i'm like okay this isn't your normal disney xd yeah. show just <laughs> <Like, laughs> get greenlit um but uh but but one of the major things that it, it does is uh it sets up a lot of fan theories or or um shipping more specifically of dipper and pacifica um yeah. I, I i'm one of those because, shippers with the way yeah, with the way pacifica changes clear. the thing is yes. pacifica is like a very much a antagonist for mabel of the the rich bean girl the yeah. way that we find it the fact that like she's one of the most hated characters for a season and a half almost two seasons and then it's like and then in that one episode you give me a backstory that makes me feel sympathy for her and actually back mm-hmm. her and i'm like i don't know how you did that but you did it and you made me yeah. back this character of like i'm actually but backing her and dipper is like that could be a little something there as they get older like i'd be totally in for that don't get me wrong like that's another one of those ones like i talked to you like there's weird character stuff later on like she's one of the ones like when it gets to the finale like her character kind of reverses a little bit yeah but i kind of chalk it up to like her parents are still there and they have a weird control thing over her but but yeah like you you make me like absolutely adore one of the the characters i hated for a season and a half and i'm like if you can do that to me that's good writing you know now i i have to throw this out there too um we talked earlier about the voice cast cannot be forgotten that pacifica's father is voiced by none other than nathan fillion. nathan fillion my boy malcolm reynolds since malcolm reynolds himself Freaking and her mother is uh kari walgren who does a bunch of voices in rick and morty obviously yeah, uh, but is starfire in uh the the some of the teen titans animated movies um yeah, like like, like we said, the voice cast are, are hugely. Yeah. The voice cast in this is just phenomenal. It really is. Yeah. But yeah, like that's one of that's one of the episodes I love. Like if you're gonna watch Gravity Falls, like push through at least till you get to the Northwest Manor. Like that yeah. is that is one of my favorite episodes of the series overall. Yeah. It's so good. So you hit that one, and you see that the character development of of Dipper getting over Wendy was not throwaway. Because, yeah. like, it's very clear there's some chemistry between him and Pacifica, and he's very much like, huh, maybe. And yeah, and so it's, that's where that, that shipping came from. It and it's set up, you know, it's a both, it's a, exist. yeah, it's a two way thing as well. Like, they, they, they set yeah. up, like, there's a definite attraction. Like, she's been very standoffish of, like, the Pines family because of, like, the lower class and everything. But she definitely has a thing for Dipper as well. Like, he, he cracks through bit, that. Yeah. And I think part of it is the whole um, thing of, like, Dipper's like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like I don't care like he literally tells her at the start of the episode like, I would tell her to her face that like, she's the worst and he opens the door and she's standing there and goes you're the worst slam and walks, <laughs> walks away <laughs> it's such a perfect moment um, but so that's that's the thing you get the character growth with uh, with Pacifica like you talked about because you know again everyone hated her and now you're kind of like oh okay yeah I mean your previous arc still sucked but I get it, but yet you get um, what you get why the character is the way she is, though. Yeah, but the most important thing you get is something else that we already talked about is is proving again. It's Dipper. Dipper solves that whole mystery. Yeah, like even without Mabel, like Mabel's there, but Dipper's the one that solves it. And then at the very very end, of course, you know he gets turned to wood too, and it's Pacifica that winds up saving him. But, um, 
you know what I mean? Like yeah, it, but he worked it out. He's the, he's the yeah yeah he's a all dipper. And even at that as well, he's the one that's enlisted by the Northwest, like because he's actually in the local paper of like yeah. defeating like a creature, like a big vampire bat looking thing in the paper, which is a story I'm like, why aren't we watching that episode? That looks cool. Um, <laughs> but the fact of like seen. yeah, like that's why he gets hired because they hear about him and like go get him, and mm-hmm. they enlist him in to do this and. It's just it's so good the writing for this. Um, I do want to get into the, like the main story leading into the finale. I want to talk a little bit about Ford and his appearance, and then get into the finale because yeah. we are running short on time, and I do want to hit some yeah. fan theories and different things as well. <clears throat> um, so the big build up is the reveal of Ford, Stan's brother, who's the one that built the mystery shack. We find out the one that did all this stuff. We get a great story in the tale of two Stans, of seeing the brothers like growing up and like why they are the way they are, that Stan was basically kicked out of the house for wrecking Ford's future mm-hmm. um, and he goes off and becomes a swindler across the country, <laughs> he's kicked out of like every state, <laughs> which is how he ends up where he is uh, Ford goes to a crappy college but like basically tears through his exams and is basically funded to do whatever the hell he wants and he wants to start studying anomalies because he is the six-fingered man that created the journals so he wants mm-hmm. to start looking at anomalies and finds that there's a massive amount of them appearing in Gravity Falls. Which I love that right before the finale we also find out that there's a UFO that crashed into Gravity Falls like millennia and that's ago. How you get that iconic arch. Yeah, the arch that's got like the weird like cutout bits, it's because the freaking UFO came through it. And it's like any any even hints of like that, I don't know if this landing here caused all this supernatural stuff or if it was literally drawn here and crashed because of the supernatural thing already existing. But there's a UFO yeah. under your feet if you stand here. Let's go inside it. Um Let's go look at some stuff real quick. Don't worry about it. But you find out the whole thing of this is when the story of like Bill Cipher really comes out and what his plan really has been this whole time. Ooh, you went all bloody. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> Your face just blurred out like crazy. Like, don't know what's going on. Um, but the basically, Bill made a connection with Ford. We also find out as well, which, by the way, in Society of the Blind Eye, uh, which is a really awesome episode as well, that Ford's assistant was actually Fiddleford McGucket, the town cook, who, because he basically created a device that could erase his memory of all the horrible things he'd seen, but he was actually the assistant working with Ford. And Ford had made deals with Bill and Bill was helping him with his research until Ford found out that Bill's plan was basically I'm going to use you to bring all my friends through from my dimension and rule yours and just take it over and have basically a big party <laughs> and it's like but it's going to be a party for us it's going to be hell for you yeah um, it's pretty pretty literally when, when it comes to pass honestly yeah like literally he ends up throwing a massive like rave for him and his friends because <laughs> it's utter chaos um, but you find out about that and that that was the whole thing Like he then starts to get fearful of it and that's how he ends up getting sucked into the portal is that he calls Stan to take one of the journals and then tells him go away take it and leave and they end up fighting and Ford gets pulled in there and that's why Stan has been looking for the three journals to turn it back on is to try and get Ford back after 30 years of him being trapped which is where the fan theory comes in that what he was actually doing was he met Bill and then spent most of those 30 years jumping through dimensions looking for a weapon that could kill him. 
because of how big a threat he is and that's where the whole fan theory came that actually he teamed up with Rick and Squanch and Bird Person yeah, and yeah, yeah. had been travelling through these universes and part of his goal was to find a weapon to kill Bill um, did not yeah that, that tracks you know it's like so it's like it's kind of cool like reading that I'm like okay yeah I can buy into that 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 makes sense because he's been there for 30 years like well what's been going on for those 30 years well why not um, but he ends up coming back and the whole thing is you find out is he Ford tears the thing apart. He doesn't want to let Bill through, but there's now a rift that he's managed to contain. And the yep. whole episode we talked about, um, Dipper and Mabel versus the future, is all this fear of uh, Mabel that the future's going to go horrible, that she's going to be left behind because Dipper's going to go and study with Ford, and she's going to become a teenager, and everything's changing. Bill who can't get them in the mystery shack because they've used unicorn hair to protect it which another phenomenal episode don't have, to, yes. don't have, don't have time to focus on it but Mabel beats up a unicorn which is kind of awesome the unicorn had it coming 100% <laughs> it really did such a jackass it's like she deserved it but um, Bill takes over Blend and Blandon who they've re- they came across a couple of times like the episode that Locke mentioned and then again but he uses him to get the rift from Mabel, who swaps bags with Dipper and smashes it, and it opens up the rift. <laughs> it smells like hay now. <laughs> Shut off the unicorn. Um, mm-hmm. And that begins what Ford referred to as Weird Mageddon. We're going to take a time to jump into Weird Mageddon here, and I will, like, 100% this is one of the best series finales I have ever seen of this this lives up to the hype of what it is Mm -hmm. like Bill comes into the real world and causes utter chaos he's entrapped in Gravity Falls we end up finding out like because of the I don't know it's like this bubble of weirdness around Gravity Falls they can't leave so his whole thing becomes trying to get into Four's head to find a way out because Ford has a metal plate so Bill can't just enter his mind he has to make a deal with him to enter so that becomes like the whole thing for Bill during this but he unleashes so much hell and it's like one of the most horrific things I've ever seen is like right at the start Pacifica's dad comes up and says I could be one of your horsemen of the apocalypse says okay how about I actually change all the functions of every hole in your face clicks his fingers and everything changes and moves and that yeah. vision of what his face looks like when Bill shuffles it still freaking haunts me today. That is it's, terrifying. It's so gross. Followed it's so gross. followed by him dropping to the ground and screaming in fear and agony. And I'm like, oh, this just got real. This isn't like a light thing anymore. Like this just got so real. Bill yeah. then starts sending out winged bats that start capturing townsfolk by turning them into stone releases bubbles of weirdness which we get a great scene that comes up later of that of every time you enter one something happens like you get changed into this mad different worlds mad different things that some people just go full blown insane mm-hmm. and Mabel who was the one that broke the rift he traps inside her own bubble and locks it up on top of the, the mountain overhang we talked about and it's like, oh my goodness, everything's just falling apart. It's like it's all going to hell. It's <laughs> a very interesting episode too, though, when they when they break into that bubble to to rescue Mabel, and it's 
literally just a full fantasy land of everything that Mabel would ever want it to be, including uh, a more reoccurring characters that you would never expect. I can't remember their names now. Oh, the, the... Chad and Zyla. Chad, is that is that what it is? I think it's Chad and Zyla. Uh, they're in Dreamscapers as well. Or some show up, right? It might not be Chad, it may be something else, but one of them's Zyler. It's like something in Zyler. But they're like two like buff, like Californian, yo, what's going on, dude? Sort of guys. And like who like it's, oh it's Kraz. Kraz and Kraz and Zyler. Real close. Kraz real and close. Zyler. And I'm yeah. like like yeah, they like reoccur. Like they're like the guys that are like showing them around Mabel Land and stuff. It's so cool because because yeah, basically yeah. it's like a, a post-apocalyptic world. It's utter hell. Yeah, the eighties, dude, Collie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, like the colorful hair and whoa, cool man. <laughs> you know, all that sort of like surfer hippie sort of look to them. Oh yeah, it's like Collie like twelve seconds. They're like, yeah, that's fine. You'll get yeah. us a little bit after it. Um, but yeah, so like. It's really interesting where that episode's placed as well, because like it, it totally throws you off, and I think it works in Weird Mageddon, because the whole first episode is basically Dipper Ford gets captured, and um, very interestingly, I was just thinking about it the other day, gets turned into a gold statue as opposed to a stone one, which yeah. is really interesting because Bill, when he first appears, says to get in to remember to buy gold. Yeah, <laughs> and I like yeah. Hmm. That's another fan theory that I'm going to mention yeah, as well. well the we'll fact that that crosses yeah. over. But, like, the fact of, like, he turns up into gold, I never thought about it before. I was like, oh, he actually turns forward into gold. Like, apparently he does have a thing for gold. That's really weird. Yeah. Um, well, he has a gold pyramid. That's true. Um, but, basically, yeah, he captures Ford, destroys the three journals, and basically he almost kills Dipper. Like, he, like... How Dipper survived that first shot, like, Ford takes a shot with a weapon and misses, and he, like, blows up the church spire that they're in. And, like, how is Dipper alive? How in the world? Yeah. But, like, he basically is on the run. And he finds Wendy, and the talk that we talked about earlier of Wendy and him, of, like, the combination of Dipper and Mabel. They go into the bubble, they find the bubble, they go there, it ends up with a whole big face-off with little Gideon as well, which is really cool. Because he's basically been made Bill's, basically been made Bill's like lieutenant in charge of everything, and has his own like gang from the prison that are like road warriors yeah. now. It's all like Mad Max, <laughs> which was fantastic. I loved that. I love it's all Mad Max, and then he is in like the folksiest cowboy outfit I've ever seen in my life. The light blue with the big white hat that goes over his hair and doesn't mess it up at all. <laughs> yep. Which also as well as like one of the highlights of that is seeing not only Gideon like that, but then Wendy being at her most badass. And she is an amazing character throughout this, but she just wrecks these like full blown prisoners. Literally kicks Gideon and launches him. She kicks him like a football and he flies. Yeah. Which is real fun because if you look at her her family, her dad of course is the gigantic. Oh man yeah. Manly Dan. <laughs> yeah. Uh voiced by John DiMaggio. Bender. Really? That's who voices Manly yeah. Dan? I did not know that one. That yep, is a yep. that is a manly Dan who's literally manly does like the manly machine in the cafe and like uses his pinky and it like blows up. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, that makes sense. And all the whole thing of like why she's so good is like, yeah, my dad used to make us do apocalypse training instead of Christmas. <laughs> and then the conversation moves on, and it's like, no, 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 I need an explanation let's, for that one. Back for a <laughs> yeah, 
But yeah, so they go into Mabel World, which is like literally this world that's designed, that Bill has designed, that instead of being as freakish as everything else, like, is utterly Mabel's dream world where everything can happen and they'll never want to leave. Yeah. And Bright, I take bubbly, cartoony, 80s dudes, flying cats, rainbows, candy. And it takes... 12-year-old girl dream, basically. Yeah, and it takes Dipper to break through to her and to show her that reality's better and then, of course, it turns on them and they escape and all that, which leads to them going back to the Mystery Shack where Stan is basically held up and a whole bunch of other characters and creatures we've met throughout the two seasons have all shown up mm-hmm. to hide because it's the only place they can't be touched by Bill's weirdness because of the unicorn hair. Yep. Which leads into the probably my favourite of the four parts of which they actually call Take Back the Falls and basically using McGucket who is the crazy genius who started to get his mind back and has built like crazy ass stuff throughout the show so far basically turns yeah basically turns the mystery shack into like a freaking like Voltron Megazord looking thing with a whole bunch of throwbacks itself on it to go and Mm -hmm. take on Bill and his minions and one of the most epic scenes ever when the rock version of the Gravity Falls theme plays and the Mystery Shacktron takes on all these creatures that Bill brought through and I'm like every time I watch that scene and that music plays I cannot help but get hyped goosebumps man it's it's so exciting and then just the way that even continues with the fact of like okay Bill's like I need to do this myself you know like Ford gets excited and cheers for the kids and he realises okay I can't torture you and get in your head, so what if I take out the kids? Goes out to fight them, and he can't touch the shack. It's still mm-hmm. protected by the unicorn here, so... Which leads to another horrific scene, I don't know how it was in a Disney XD show, of literally a T-Rex that's used as one of the arms. Go watch the show, context for that's in there. Um, it is. Bites and rips out Bill Cipher's eye. And I'm like, there's no blood, there's no gore to it, but like, holy crap! <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. Like, how it, did you get away with this? It's me even without the gore. Yeah, it's like, oh, how did you get away with that in a Disney XD show? Um, and then they all go in to free the townspeople. They all, like, very coolly get launched out the mystery shack and, like, land in the pyramid using sweaters that Mabel has made as, like, parachutes, <laughs> which is, like, awesome. Um, to free the townspeople and they start the whole ritual which is the whole big wheel we talked about of each of the parts represent somebody in the town and it goes from stuff like Dipper being the pine tree Mabel is a shooting star Stan's like hat the symbol that's on that the question mark that's on Seuss's shirt which we've like been mentioned Seuss throughout this whole thing by the way one of the best characters in the whole thing Seuss is amazing yep did not realise until like midway through season 2 that he's called Seuss because his name is Jesus Mm-hmm. I was like, just thought it's just was a name, and I'm like just rolling with it. And it's like, I love the fact that like, no, it's, it's... cartoon. People get names. I don't know. Yeah, and it's like, no, it's, it's actually short for an actual name. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. But that's the whole thing. Like, this is meant to be some mystical thing that can take down Bill, and it includes people that you never expect. Like Little Gideon's one of the members needs to be in the circle. Robbie and Wendy and uh, Pacifica. I just was saying Pacific is one of them. Yeah, too, Pacific yeah. is one of them. It's like uh, McGucket's one of them. Both stands, like Ford and Stan, are like some of them. Like basically, a lot of the main characters, most of the main cast that we have seen throughout these two seasons, and that are important in some sort of way, are the ones that are needed. Almost, and it's almost cool because like when Ford's describing that he found this, it's almost like this was designed to defeat Bill, 
So he had to be beaten at this moment in time with these people. But that doesn't go to plan. Of course not. Stan and Ford who have been fighting, which that's one of the things that uh, I said to you before we came on. I, I one of my yeah. big like things that I don't like about the season is that as soon as Ford comes around, Stan, who has been honestly a badass throughout this show, like literally mm. in season what season two episode one, he is like punching zombies with brass knuckles, like he is like getting stuck in there, and he becomes almost this like standoffish coward. The second half of the season when Ford's around, and I'm like. I get you're trying to create a issue with them, but like it just it, it doesn't feel natural to yeah. me. That was but, one of the few things that didn't play well. But like their whole argument stuff continues to that point because he's really mad at Ford. Ford's not thanked him for saving his life and stuff, and the two of them end up in a childish bickering match, which allows Billy defeat the Mystery Shack and get back in there. And and another horrific thing when you actually think about it turns all of the characters apart from both sets of Pain's twins into banners that he hangs in the in the fear of it and it's like oh that's yeah. kind of horrific and <laughs> very very unsettling which leads to the pines twins facing off with him stan and ford are still bickering and at least the great moment of dipping in mabel i love the fact how mabel like throws him off guard he's like maybe i'll just kill the twins sprays him in the eye with like spray paint which is hysterical, like this is all powerful interdimensional being has literally just been blinded by a 12 year old girl with a can of spray paint they enlarge the cage they're in so that they can escape and start running through the pyramid literally having Bill Cipher on his heels chasing them as mad as he's ever been in this horrific looking pyramid thing chasing them through it and they're escaping it's like it's so cool, it yeah. is so well done like you're like you actually have that moment where you're like these two 12 year old kids are literally about to beat this god like it's it's insane okay, but well it, this is going to take my whole camera but I'm going to throw it up here real quick we've talked a lot about the, the, the wheel uh, especially oh you got a picture this. yeah 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 here's uh, a yeah so you see it there so like all the different characters on it are represented by um, different symbols so like starting at the top then so the question mark is Seuss because that's the shirt he wears throughout the show the bag of ice um, Ford describes as it has to be someone that's cool under pressure which ends up being Wendy mm -hmm. uh, the fish sort of symbol is Stan's symbol obviously pine tree is Dipper the star is Little Gideon the hand is Ford uh, the llama ends up being Pacifica because that ends up being the sweater that she's wearing that uh, Mabel makes for a bunch of them different sweaters mm -hmm. uh, the shooting star is Mabel uh, the heart with it's kind of sewn in half is Robbie because that's the sweatshirt he wears all the time and then the glasses is Fiddlebert McGucket because it's meant to represent someone scholarly <coughs> and this is meant to be the wheel that can allow them to unlock something to defeat Bill Yeah. Um, we never real find out what that is what it was actually meant to do to him because it gets taken <laughs> apart but how they actually defeat him is so cool because yeah. Ford and Stan end up swapping places in an amazing twist because Stan says what if I put him in my mind what if he's like Ford's like he won't want it he wants the information that's in mine so they literally trade places and Bill makes a deal with Stan goes into his mind and then they use the memory erase gun from the Society of the Blind Eye to wipe out everything that's Stan and we get this amazing face-off between Stan and Bill in his head, which, as much as I hate the character change that they do to Stan, 
like halfway through the season it's like this is Stan at his best yep as much as he's this crotchety old man who pretends he doesn't give a damn about anything except for money he's like no I'm going to happily sacrifice myself because you dared to mess with my family yep and it's like and ends up like literally as his mind's being erased punching Bill out of existence it's such a cool moment it really is that's another thing we never touched on but uh, I guess tangentially related to the, the, the rock version of the theme during the final battle between the the mystery shack and the monsters the sound design in this show is mm. absolutely phenomenal as well yeah it's um, so good and it it, <clears throat> it's, it really hits home during the sequence because it, it's got that very uh, sad version of the theme playing in the background yeah it's it's so like you get it to build up to that moment of Stan erasing himself for two seasons it's just so cool you are completely yeah. invested and then the sorrow that the family feel after it when they realize Stan's gone which you know spoilers he comes back because yeah. it's, cause it's a Disney XD show they're not going to end it with Stan <laughs> being erased even though like that doesn't make sense he should yeah. be gone there should be no way for that to come back it's like they're not going to end it like that they have to end on some sort of happy note with it um, that's bittersweet honestly Stan does come back but like it's immediately after that we get the say goodbye sequence yeah well that's it we get back and then it's like the summer's done and the whole thing has been happening over the summer and they have to, to say, go home now. they have to say goodbye to everyone and that's a heartbreaking scene watching them say goodbye to everybody and then realising it and you know although there's some funny moments like the fact that Stan decides I'm, I can't stand seeing Mabel cry she's taking Waddles with her I'm not keeping this damn pig here I'm just like he's getting on the bus like your parents are dealing with this pig and I'm like just because like I don't want to see Mabel cry it's like it's mm. so well done and then obviously um, we get Dipper a nice and Wendy trading hats yeah we get the nice moment of Dipper and Wendy trading hats and then she gives him a note which is a see you next summer written on it that he opens on the bus it's signed by everybody you know that nice little hint of this isn't the end there's more to come there's more stories next summer you know you can always come back to Gravity Falls and it's a really cool finale it's a really awesome ending to it and one it, of the really wonderful parts of that wrap up is also you mentioned a minute ago we didn't even have time to touch on Seuss really um, yes yeah, Seuss's story and, and Ford decide they're going to reconcile their relationship and you know sail off on the boat yeah because they were going to sail as kids, as kids yeah as kids they were going to sail around the world and they said you know what we're going to do that because some of the weirdness that Bill created is still here and it's still traveling the world so and he says to Stan I need someone to travel with me to stop it I want it to be you so the two of them decide, and it's, it's a really great heartfelt moment between the brothers that finally puts everything to rest for them. Yep. And then we also get Stan handing over the mystery shack to Seuss. Which is like his utter dream. He is adored Stan. And we find out in other episodes that that's because he basically met Stan as a kid and has always looked up to him like a father. Mm-hmm. And so to be handed the mystery shack is like a dream come true to him. Like It's, it's such an awesome moment for him. And it, it's a real fun, subtle payoff, too, because in one of the earlier episodes, he puts on Stan's hat. I think it's the one where they're doing the mirror maze with the... the yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, don't be ridiculous, Seuss. It'll never happen. 
Yeah. And then he gives him the hat at the end, and then you get the, the sequence, obviously, of Seuss running the shack, wearing the hat, and it's like, oh, Seuss. Yeah, he's, like, wearing the suit that Stan used to wear, the eye patch and the hat on, he goes into the whole Mr. Mystery thing, it's, like, it's... Yeah. It's such it's a good payoff for all the characters. Like, you feel like everything's paid off so well. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends on a great note like that, because like, you literally feel like you went on a journey, and it's, like, there's a satisfying conclusion that you know they were meant yeah. to get to. It's open for more if that was ever a thing that they could or wanted to do, but it's not left open in such a way that, that we're left going, no, you need to answer these questions. Like, everything important in the show gets wrapped up at some mm-hmm. point, which is just so rare. Absolutely. It's it's done so well. And with the little time we've got left though since that's the end of the show I do want to talk about a lot of the fan theories around this show and I'm not going to have you in suspense anymore long because I know I mentioned this at the start of the thing and you've been yes. waiting for me to tell you that apparently hey, I gotta know <laughs> apparently there was another storyline for season 2 and it ended up not happening I think it ended up being it was too dark or something like I don't know entirely how true it is for this but from what the sources I've read it seems to be like this is the case this was what the story was going to be at one point um, and the story was that during episode 1 of season 2 Dipper was going to come across a version of himself an older version that was going to come out of the forest injured, badly wounded dying and telling him that Mabel was dead And that it was going to lead to basically that Mabel, basically Dipperhead came back from, I believe it was going to end up being the face off with Bill, mm. and that Mabel had been Mabel had been killed, and since she had been killed, Dipper had been spending the years since then, now to his older age, trying to get back, to warn himself about it so that we can try and change the future and save Mabel. That's wild. Like, whether that was what was going to happen at one point, I don't think it was a long-running thing of what would happen, because they wouldn't have got away with it. At the very least, if it's a fan theory, like, it's insane, but it's one of the ones that I read was apparently a plan for season two at one point. I do remember reading something very vague about about that being a thing that was supposed to supposedly happen at some point. Yeah, they, they never got the chance to go ahead with it, but that had been a really, like... I mean, it would have changed the course of season two... But like that was one of yeah. the running theories at one point was apparently in the face off with Bill, Mabel gets killed, and Dipper can't handle it, and spends the years after it studying to create how to make time travel, which he obviously knows having met Blendon that it exists, mm. but you can't just like randomly meet a time agent person and use their thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't just always happen. So he yeah. ends up trying to create his own way to get back and warn himself about it to try and change the future. I always now thought. I almost have to wonder if that was going to be like the backdoor explanation for the time agents. Like that's how it ended up being created and stuff. Yeah, the Dipper creating it is is what led them to exist in the future. It would have been an interesting thing. There's a lot of theories of stuff that never came. I another great fan theory around Dipper that I love that I almost kind of prefer to the one we actually got was mm-hmm. that the theory was going to be that the author of the journals was actually Dipper from the future the future dipper ends up writing the journals and somehow gets them back in time and that's where he finds the journals is it's actually him that wrote them 
which looking at how Dipper's character plays out, I'm like, it makes sense that he could be somebody that would eventually write these. I don't know yeah. how I don't know how that was going to play out and what the theory was to make that like function as a story, but that was mm-hmm. apparently like a fan theory at one point of like, what if Dipper was the author this whole time? Like the author he what? was looking for was himself. I, I do think that maybe that would have been a little bit more satisfying to explain some of the other stuff that now that I think, you know, I just said a minute ago, all of the major mysteries are answered satisfactorily, but really not all of them, because what's the origin of the wheel? Mm-hmm. You know that, what I mean? Like some of the... Where did that come from? Is like, why is it in the journals? And I'm like, well, it would make sense that if Dipper had seen it and seen what happened with Bill that he would then write the journals and put it in the journals and create them himself like it turns out like the hand is just the symbol that he saw in the books that's why he puts it on there to keep the cycle going it's not a big six fingered mystery but like he ends up like being a self fulfilling prophecy and so that's exactly why I I think it would have been a little bit more satisfactory to go that route because that, that does beg the question of how some of the rest of that stuff exists in universe anyway mm-hmm. um i mean it's very much a chicken and egg thing you know like what came first the weirdness or the yeah. documentation of the weirdness and, um, the, and the cool thing about it is like we've like we said for the last theory like we've already introduced the you know the time paradoxes association is like they're the ones they've already shown that time travel's a thing so is it completely out mm-hmm. of the cuff that he somehow is able to find a way to time travel and put them back specifically putting back journal 3 where Dipper eventually finds it because it's clearly that that's been in there for a long time when Dipper finds the book in episode 1 yeah that he somehow goes back and puts it there and sets up everything to happen to eventually lead himself to write in the journals because Bill destroys them yeah uh, that also begs a very interesting question that I hadn't really considered until now. Stan's been, like, working around Gravity Falls and the Mystery Shack itself for 30 years trying to, to find all this stuff, specifically looking for that journal. Dipper, by some weird happenstance, happens to stumble across it yeah. right away. He happens to find it for 30 years. He's hanging up signs in the forest and just happens to find the tree that has a lever that opens up the hole that the book's buried in. Mm-hmm. How would that get there unless Dipper was the one that put it there, knowing that he would find it there as a kid? Yeah. I mean, even setting the fan theory aside, that's, like, y- y- you know for the show, the setup had to exist, and so maybe I almost definitely one of those. Just don't question it, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I almost wish that that was what had happened, because, like, in my head, I'm like, I actually really prefer the whole thing of Dipper being... Because I love Dipper. He's probably my favourite character on the whole show. Like, I completely love Dipper and the story arc that he goes on. Mm-hmm. That would be a really satisfying for me of like that he's actually the author that he's been looking for all this time, the person he's been looking for, and that he's essentially trying to model himself after and look up to actually ends up being him. You know, and it, and it plays into the, it plays into the whole theory as well of the fact of like you are more than the journals because the journals came from you. Yeah, you're the special well, one, I- and then you wrote the books that you thought you were getting all this from. Like, no, it's always been you. What I do love about the way they did wrap things up is that I, I would actually argue it's not impossible that that is still true. Mm-hmm. Because, as you pointed out, Bill destroys the journals. But if Dipper goes on from that summer to recreate them and then go back in time and hide them himself, 
like whatever happens to the originals who knows you know maybe they were never hidden in those places in the origin in uh in the first place you know what i yeah. mean but like that's that's an interesting thought i mean the only thing that doesn't really support that i guess is that dipper never really got his hands on journal one at all like he had it at one point obviously <laughs> but never enough to like learn it certainly not enough to learn it well enough to rewrite well it. that's the thing that we that we were kind of talking about as well though like, there's clearly stuff that happens that we don't get to see like the whole like him fighting the That's vampire true. bat thing so it's like you really think he knows that those three journals are sitting in his house and he's not finding a chance to pour over the other two so he knows mm. journal three inside and out by the time the show ends like he's like poured over that so much like but then again like does he need to look over the journals if he's writing about his own experiences time, true. time travel logic would state that whatever he writes down is what was in the journal in the first place so he doesn't technically yeah. need to read it he's just writing them you know it's like it's it, it was a really cool fan theory about. and I like that's really um, there was one more Dipper fan theory and it's like I, this one doesn't match up as well as I thought but it kind of ties into another big fan theory that a lot of people kind of have and okay. one of the big theories was right. that it was going to be a weird kind of transition of the Dipper actually becomes Bill. Bill is another mm. version of Dipper. And I almost got it in my head. Like, it almost resonates with me with an old Marvel comic storyline of like from Young Avengers. One of the teammates there is Iron Lad, who's from the future, and he ends up becoming finding out that he actually okay. becomes Kang the Conqueror. And it was almost yeah. that sort of thing of like, well, it's the younger version fighting off what he's going to become. But it's also kind of fitting because, well, who's best to defeat him if not me because I am him? and close your own loop um, that one yeah. I don't think works as well as the whole him as the author but the other theory that's linked to that that might actually have been a good part to do a movie or a series on mm-hmm. was the fan theory that Bill is still in Stan's head yes I what? because I don't see how he could not be based on the way things close the whole if- point of erasing Stan was to get rid of Bill if Stan somehow survived that and got his memories back and it's not even like he got some of his memories back. They basically like, no, he's fully recovered. Is basically the theory is Stan isn't there. That that's just Bill now? It's Bill, but he's got access to Stan's memories, so he's just playing along. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's playing along, he's playing into the role, but doing what Bill does, well, we said right at the start, biding his time. So with that... I, I find that one to be very plausible in no small part because of this. Yes, the real life thing. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Post the end of the show, a whole bunch of stuff was found in an ARG where you could find this real life statue of Bill Cipher. And, like, he's got, you can barely see it here. He's got his hand outstretched. You could go to the statue and shake hands with it just yeah. like in the show. It's based exactly like the that's how Bill looks at the end of the show like when he shakes and makes a deal with Stan like that's the statue that's standing there and the one that's left in the forest of Gravity Falls when the pyramid's gone and mm-hmm. Alex recreates it and it looks just like he did at the end of that it was such a cool thing that that was a real world thing but with that the the fan theory that, that I saw around that goes even further to say not just is uh is is Stan bill now but that stan has always always been bill Bill. that was the other part i was going to say is like yeah a lot of it based upon 
I think two major bits of dialogue from what I've seen were like the main points was one we already mentioned was the buy, the, gold. The buy gold like Stan which I'd like to point out Bill is freaking nuts so when he says it to Gideon it's in the midst of this whole thing of like the world being an illusion nothing exists nothing matters don't forget to buy gold bye and disappears Bill's yeah. insane Stan says it when in the episode when um, Wendy and Robbie break up like Stan takes Dipper there to go and tell this truth to Wendy and the two of them break up and all that that bit doesn't matter out of nowhere he's standing at the van to Robbie and he says out of nowhere Stan has never said this at any other point in the show and goes you remember to buy gold right like you remember to invest in gold out of nowhere the only yep. other character that says it is Bill Stan has never mentioned it before and the other one for it is the nickname that they both have for Ford Stan and Bill both call Ford Sixer because of his six fingers Mm-hmm. They both call him Sixer, and they are the only two characters in the whole of Gravity Falls that call him that. No one else ever refers to Ford as Sixer. So the fan theory is that Bill is in there, and that somehow Bill and Stan have always been together. Bill has always been yeah. there. I would really, really love to see that get explored, no matter the medium. Do it in a comic book. I don't care. I want to know. That was the Gravity Falls movie I wanted to see, was Dipper and Mabel return to Gravity Falls. You can have them like write to Stan and Ford and bring them back so they come back for a big reunion with everyone at Gravity Falls. And Bill has been playing the long game, and that's it. He chooses a moment of whatever you want to set up that allows him to be free, that, hey... I've actually been back this whole time ever since Stan got his memories back guess what, it brought me back too because the whole point yeah. was Stan's memory was erased so Bill was erased and I'm like well if his memory came back what's stopping Bill come back Yeah. there you go, there's your movie, you're one off you don't need to do another series, you need to do you can do a mini series or a movie and have them square off with Bill again because that's been the long thing that everyone's wondered is Bill totally gone can he be totally yeah. gone and I'm like well there's your answer, no He's still around. Yeah. Uh, I I highly recommend. Uh, now the statue at this point is is long since gone. They moved it somewhere else. I was so gutted um, when I found out about that 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 was when a thing was and they'd totally moved it. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I wanted to go see the Bill Cipher statue. <laughs> but what allowed people to find it was a whole ton of stuff. Like I mentioned, it was a full ARG, like multiple steps, and they had like puzzle pieces and audio recordings and flash drives and maps. And this was before, and, uh, like, ARGs were a massive thing. Like, a lot of people have done ARGs at this point. There's been a ton of real-world ARGs. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is, people this, weren't this was really... This early adopter. Yeah. yeah. This was back at the beginning when very few people were doing stuff like this. I highly recommend, even though you can't get the full payoff and go find the statue now, I highly recommend, uh, especially once everybody has, has finished watching the series, go look up all the stuff about this ARG, because they have... Uh, copies of of everything that came out of it, and you could read it for yourself and kind of look over uh, all all the, the the facts and the data. But like one of the ones that's always been very compelling to me was that there was an audio clip that is very clearly Stan's voice singing the song that Bill sings to Ford we'll when he turns into a statue. Meet again. And it, it like it also where. plays over the ending credits Don't of the last where. episode, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, uh, augmented reality game? Yeah. Alternate reality game? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what ARG stands for. 
But basically, it's a whole bunch of codes and ciphers. Alternate, alternate reality game. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of codes and ciphers you work out, and it leads you, usually from a fictional thing like a, excuse me, like a game or a TV show or a movie, and brings it into the real world. Like yeah. everybody gets in that train now. Freaking, there was a whole thing about a FNAF possible doing one that got game theory in trouble. There was a uh, one that is, was yeah. freaking like Fortnite done one a couple of years ago. You know, it's like there's there's been a whole bunch of them. But as far as I know, Gravity Falls was like one of the first people I ever heard about doing one. Um, Kali, some of them, some of them have apps that tie into it. Some of them are just like. So one of the, the, the really cool things about Gravity Falls is uh, at the end of every episode's credits, there is a cipher of some mm-hmm. sort. And it it just translated into some sort of phrase. And so it, it started with something like that. And I feel like it was even in the journal. Yeah, okay, hold on. I'm going to take the dust cover. Uh, actually, cross your camera doesn't screw it up. Can you, can you <laughs> look at the, the, the inside flap of the front dust cover? Yeah. Here's the inside of the dust Way. cover. Oh, this is that too, which I completely forgot was in there. Yeah, this is the, um, this is the dust cover off of it, by the way. This is the front of the book. This is what's inside. But I, I mean, I mean this part, the part with the blurb. The blurb. Ah. Yeah. Lost, where it says, hey guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So if you look real close, it says, "Hey guys, I'm Alex Hirsch." The C in Hirsch is blue. Yeah. So if you read through the whole paragraph, those blue characters will spell out a word or a phrase. I can't remember what it says now. Uh, I think it was a cipher even too, so it's like C-T-A-Y W-E-R-D Yeah, like yeah, so it's it's got to be some sort of cipher, uh, and it may have started yeah. with the Journal 3. I don't remember exactly where it started, but it was something like that. It was something real world where there was a code, and that code like would point, I think the first one pointed to uh, somebody to a geocache, like a buried box mm-hmm. at specific geographic coordinates, uh, and inside the box was a flash drive with some files, and then the files themselves had to be decrypted, and they pointed to like a website and then the website pointed to a file that was part of a puzzle and then the puzzle pointed to some other you know what i mean like it it, it just had multiple steps that were all over the place that were both in and out of the internet yeah it Um, was it was so which it just adds into the whole thing of a show then we create something like that i'm like i can totally believe alex hirsch come up with something like that because the whole show is so well laid out and so thought out well that of course this happened of course, like all the like all the little ciphers that don't really mean anything that are just little codes you can get at the end of every episode that just usually just give a message of something that happened in the episode. You know, it's just a daft little thing. End up going, Oh yeah. wait, this is an actual thing now. We can uncode some of these and oh wait, these codes lead to other things, which lead to other things, which lead to other and eventually like all uh stay weird. That was it. I was what missing a couple of letters. Yeah. I was missing a couple of letters, that's why it wasn't making sense. Um, yeah, 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 there we go. That's what you get when you're trying to read it super fast when you're on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, but so that's, that that may not have actually been relevant to the ARG itself, but it's some it's stuff like that. I mean, the Da Vinci Code did that too, actually. Yeah, but the stuff like that to the Da Vinci Code spelled out a code that was relevant to the plot of the book. Yeah, but that's it. There's stuff like that all over for the Gravity Falls yeah. stuff. Like it, they leaned heavily into the mystery aspect of it and the. Mm-hmm. 
they got the fans invested and involved and like there's stuff to unlock there's stuff to work out and it was so well done like I really wish that Bill Zypher statue was still there I really wish yeah. I would love to have gone and seen it and got my picture next to Bill I'm so mad that I didn't find the show until after that was already I know like, see when I learned that was a thing I thought oh that's so cool I'm like, and it's gone I'm like really <laughs> oh, re- I mean don't get me wrong it was like it was uncoded like amazingly quick like the whole like oh, yeah. bands of Gravity Falls came together to work it out together <coughs> excuse me it was so cool but yeah Collie absolutely you need to check out some of the fan theories and some of the fan theories for this show are amazing because a lot of these fan theories people were already creating theories in this show from the beginning because the whole mystery around Stan what's happening what's the mystery behind the journals what's his uh, what's the whole stuff with um with Bill like how does this all fit together what's it all of it people were theorising the whole time so the fact that the show finished like of course the theories continued of course people kept going into it and delving into it and some of them like I said make sense and actually I prefer the actual answers we got in the show like Older Dipper being the one that wrote the journals or like Stan has still got Bill inside his head and that that's going to be a there you go. That, that's a better one you know and I don't like, know what happened to that first link I don't know just something went off and it said nah I'm not going to put the rest of it up <laughs> But you know, like the Bill still in Stan's head, or Older Dipper wrote the journals, or different stuff like that. Like, I love these fan theories, and I'm like, in my head, like, mm-hmm. this stuff is canon. Like, I prefer Dipper writing the journals over Ford being revealed 100%. As much as I love J.K. Simmons, and as much as he does an amazing job, Dipper being the author is a lot more satisfying to me as an answer. You know, and. Well, and you wouldn't even have had to get rid of J.K. Simmons. He could have been Older Dipper. Yeah, like, because Dipper's 12. He's not went through puberty yet. I don't know what he sounds like when he's in his 50s. It could have sounded <laughs> sure. like J.K. Simmons. Like, you know what I mean? Because imagine Dipper freaking out, realizing, like, the person I've been looking for this whole time is me. Like, that's insane. Like, because you don't even need them to, like, meet paths. You just need, like, one of the journals, like, him to find Journal 1 and to find a message. Like, do a cipher. Dipper finds a coded message in it and, like, and just him like that's that's the end of an episode right there him find a coded message and tell Mabel I think I wrote the journals boom cliffhanger there you go <laughs> then your yeah. next then your next episode instead of a tale of two stands is literally in the future Dipper older Dipper writing the journals and what took him to that point like it'd have been so cool yeah but, I would have loved that that would have been cool but anyway yeah that's that that's kind of half my head canon now like looking back <laughs> on it I'm kind of like yeah I prefer that but the Bill and Stan stuff I still stand by that's headcanon for me like Bill's oh, in yeah. there Bill's one no I totally whether or not he's always been there I don't know but at the very least he's there now he's in oh, Stan's yeah. head 100% I'm a I'm a thousand percent on board with you I completely agree but yeah but that was kind of I don't know if you've got any other like fan theories or anything or anything uh, headcanon no I mean we <laughs> very fitting for this one Um, I believe it's 1N I I can never remember but I'm pretty sure it's 1N Um, it's a cannon 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 (laughs) the 2Ns is the blow stuff up one right I think so I want to say yes I don't entirely know to be honest sounds right to me yeah but uh, (laughs) really the the only major fan theory I ever really heard and, and bought into heavily was Stan Cipher. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot of cool uh, theories out there, but yeah, that's that one always seemed very plausible. Because I, I literally yeah. asked that question myself when I watched the show. Like, how, yeah, do you, it's, how do you get Stan back without Bill coming back? That was the whole point of wiping his memory. Mm-hmm. I get. I, I have I mean, no doubt. I have no moment. Don't get me wrong, but I have no doubt that Disney went. No, you can't have him not have his memory back and end the show on that because your next moment is them leaving, which is already a sad moment too. Like, mm-hmm. no, you you have to give them something. We have to have some sort of I know the weird forgetting. I would be really interested to find out if that's the case. Like, if Stan getting his memory backs was uh, memory. I would be real interested to know if Stan getting his memory back was studio interference or if that was the plan all along. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to know that. He said he wanted to wrap at the end of season two, but he wasn't, like, he didn't... I can't remember how he phrased it, but basically he said, I knew this was where we wanted to end, but I wasn't committed to saying never again. Yeah. You know? Well, that's it as well, because I wonder if Stan getting his memories back was a purposeful thing, because... Like you said, like maybe he wanted to leave it open because he wasn't sure if he was gonna he was gonna come back. You know, he didn't know if we were gonna come back and do another story, he didn't know if we we're gonna come back and do another tale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean at this at this point they so, haven't. That's why I just I just have to mention in chat, like Smalls is like not Englishing well today. <laughs> it's not going well. <laughs> that, that, that's a Bob's Burgers joke. Uh, there's there's a, an episode that's a knockoff of uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Oh. Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but basically Tina teaches Bob all the lore of My Little Pony, but accidentally gives him a book of her fan uh, stuff. Oh, no. Not fan theory, um, <laughs> fan fiction. And Bob memorizes it as if it's part of it. And so when she realizes that, she panics and is like she comes running into the living room and yells non-canonical non-canonical and uh gene looks at her and goes are you trying to say nautical <laughs> that's awesome it's good stuff it's, right. it's a great actually that's a really good standalone episode you really don't need a lot of background for the show to watch that one highly recommend you guys check it out i'll let you check it out i need to get any balls burgers i tried to get any of it before and i don't know what sidetracked me from it. i just never kept going with it but i need to get back into bob's burgers I'm gonna level the first season is not great i'm glad i toughed it out because the show gets exponentially better past that and there are a lot of really memorable moments in the first season that carry forward in the show but the show really doesn't find its footing that well until the second season like i'm glad i know that I, I i'm willing to tough it out now that i know that because season one i'm like this is really this is feeling like a slog to get through it was the same it's when I, it was the same when I started watching um, Clone Wars as well. Like everyone was like, "Oh, you need to watch Clone Wars. It's so amazing!" And I watched season one. and I'm like, I'm like "I can't finish this. Is, is this it? what everyone's praising everyone about? Like this yeah. is all, this is like so boring and not great." And like push yeah. through, it gets better. And I'm like, and it did. Got to start a season two, and Cad Bane showed up, and automatically the show got better. <laughs> there you go. Um, I tried for a long time to get Not So Silent Bob into Bob's Burgers because he and I are both huge fans of H. John Benjamin. Mm. Uh, who does the voice of Bob in Bob's Burgers. He's also the main voice of uh, Archer in Archer. Oh, yeah. Um, he's uh, Coach McGurk in Home Movies. Like, he's in a ton of stuff. He's a really great voice actor, but I, I, I love That just blew my mind that Bob and Archer have got the same voice actor. I'm like, how did I not piece that together? Like, I know what both their voices sound like. How did I not realize that? <laughs> What's great is that, like, he never does any voice other than his own either. Like, if you hear him talk, like, that's just him. That's amazing. Um, but I did. I tried real hard to get 
to get Kevin into Bob's Burgers. And he's like, I just, I hate it. The kids are annoying. It's not good. I don't like it. And then one day, he was completely out of other shows to watch. And he's like, quietly to himself, he's like, I'll give it another shot. Because Locke loves it so much. And he watched through the first season. It got into the second. And now he's almost as hooked on it as I am. Nice. Like, I don't think he'd necessarily say it's his one of his favorite of all times. But he, he does love it. He and I talk about the new episodes when they come out. We went together to go see the movie. Like, okay, the, maybe the first season can be a bit of a slog. But if you can get past it and, and get into the second season, I, I think it I think it gets a lot, a lot better from that point forward. Okay, that's that's my goal then, is to binge through Bob's Burgers and push into the good stuff. And then we'll get you back on and you and I will have a Bob's Burgers episode. Oh, oh yes. Yes, please. Because <laughs> there's fan theories galore for that one. Oh, I can imagine. But awesome, we'll definitely do that. But I think that's kind of it for us for Gravity Falls today. Um, I don't, I don't have anything else major to kind of mention. Which I don't. I, we need to wrap up the show, but there's like there's so many amazing stuff that we've not talked about. So many great episodes we've not been able to touch on. Like I didn't think we were going to like take this long going over the basic main story. <laughs> like we didn't get to go fully into like the you know the the manor the Northwest Manor episode. We didn't get to talk about one of my other favorite episodes, like the Summerween Trickster. And stuff like that, and like some of these phenomenal episodes. That's such a good one. Um, okay, so he, what I'm hearing is we need to do a follow up episode at some point. We need to do we a follow up. on a handful of specific episodes. Yeah, we need to do like an episode where you and I get together and we pick like what are our top five like Gravity Falls episodes and deep dive them and get into some of them because like we have just not had enough time. We have been talking about this for two hours and yeah. I feel like we barely scratched the surface to be completely honest. And uh, we got through the main story, and that's about it. Yeah, massive shout out to GC Colin. I'm glad he mentioned to you we were talking about this, and you stopped by. Like yeah. Gravity Falls is 100% in my top five shows. 100%. It is it's, right yeah. up there. Like I adore this show so much. If you have, some, for some reason, sat for the last two hours and listened to us spoil everything and not watched it yet, <laughs> I don't know why you would have done that, but like. We told you go watch it and come back, but like if you for some reason have still not seen it and listened to us, go watch it. I promise you, crossed? we have not done it justice. Oh no, not we have not close. done it justice. We have not covered half, quarter of the amazing stuff. Like the deep dive the talk has to happen because there's so many amazing episodes with so many amazing stuff happening so many great stories so many great characters we didn't touch in half the characters like we barely mentioned Seuss who's like one of the main characters mm-hmm. it's like yo we need to do another episode and if you've not watched it this is your shout out go watch it if you've watched it already time for a rewatch go mm-hmm. get Disney Plus up watch it now I am probably going to do that in the near future is sit and watch through it again because I, I'm hyped for it now I might just start back over. I, I, I hit the beginning of season <clears throat> two and I got busy and I got sidetracked and I haven't gone back, so I might just start over. Yeah. And there you go, Collie. Collie's got like two episodes left from their second watch through. Go for it. Just this nice. it's the perfect night. Do it. Do it. This is your subconscious telling you it's time to finish watching it. It's go, go watch time. it now. But thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about this log. It's like because honestly trying to find someone that's watched the show and has a love for it like I do has been like so hard I have been pestering Jay go watch Gravity Falls we need to watch Gravity Falls we need to watch Gravity Falls <laughs> um, and it's like it's just not happening Smalls to watch it all with me too <laughs> Smalls go watch it this, this is your goal watch it binge it this week I need to know report back to me next weekend <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we'll watch through it together. Yeah, that's something I've not done actually. Small's mentioning it there. It's like like the Lost Legends comic and stuff like that. I don't actually own them. I need to pick them up. I don't have any of the Gravity Falls comics or anything, and it's like I one hundred percent need to get them. Um, it's it's just getting proper Gravity Falls merch. Even the comics is like so hard now. It's impossible to find them. You're welcome, Kali. <laughs> <laughs> and Lost Legends books added to the wish list. <laughs> We're just giving Collie a shopping list to go away and come back with. Like, but it has been a pleasure having you on, sir. Thank you so much. And um, we will definitely. It's always my pleasure to be here. Definitely, definitely, definitely getting you back on at some point in the near future, so we can do a deep dive. So start having a look at your favorite episodes. I'll look at mine ones that we like. It's going to be one of those episodes of talking about like if you're going to introduce someone to Gravity Falls, what are the must-watch episodes? You know, mm. I know, I know two of mine already are the Northwest Manor and the Summerween Trickster that I mentioned. Those are definitely two of my top five. Easy, easy. Like I would happily watch them over and over. They're so good. I'm gonna have to decide what angle to come at it from because there are yeah. some that are just good, like period. Like they're good fun episodes, but then there are other ones where it's like there's all this subtle importance in them, like the inconveniencing fifth episode of season one out of nowhere they have that dog that speaks backwards yeah totally says stan is not what he seems yeah it's like, like there's, right there's... away they're laying groundwork and it's like oh how do you pick now <laughs> yeah well let's do it for a we'll do it for a headcanon thing of like what do yeah, you yeah. what's important to you what ones do you honestly enjoy watching the most because we'll, we'll we'll cut okay. out like you're not allowed to put stuff like weird mageddon on there or stuff like that because like that's this whole other thing and we covered a lot of the weird mageddon stuff here like that's his own thing that's the equivalent of like I've almost said like that's the equivalent of like saying who's your favourite character in Avatar no you can't say Uncle Iroh because he's everybody's favourite who's your other favourite <laughs> character you know so yeah. you can't say Weird Mageddon's one of your favourite episodes everyone loves Weird Mageddon what's your other favourite episodes you <laughs> know what episodes do you yeah. like do you get excited about thinking watching like if you see like if I see Summerween coming up or if I see like um, the Northwest Manor coming up in my watch list as the next episode I get excited I'm like yeah. yes we're finally at that episode like that sort of feeling for it I think so um, and if you guys want to keep up with everything keep up in our socials and our discord because if we get that set up I will be posting it there and I always Thanks. there we go I always like forget if I'm adding an S or not and I always do the wrong one every time yeah, just set up a second one that's identical with the S I really do I need to just set two things up for it um, and there's our Discord as well. Actually, go and follow us and all this to keep up with everything that we are doing here. Also, as well, our good friend Mr. Locksteady, who was that a week, two weeks ago now that you celebrated your one year stream anniversary? Last Saturday. Last Saturday. I was going to say, it's like, it feels like so much has happened. I couldn't remember if it's only been a week or not. Um, Honestly, right? Eight days. Eight days. Like, oh, no. Speaking of your one year stream anniversary, the clip that just popped up. Oh, which one is it? It's from the, oh, what's the name of it? The one that I won a copy of. Oh, Heepo. Heepo, yeah. There's a lot of clips. Okay, even Heepo. if we don't do it on a stream, I need you to play this game with me sometime. <laughs> we will definitely set that up. But if for some reason you are following our channel and do not know the gentleman that's been sitting with me this last couple of hours, are not following him on Twitch for some unbeknownst reason, go follow him. Go drop a follow on Locksteady. You will not be disappointed. This man streams on Wednesdays and Saturdays of so your days now. Yes, sir. Uh, for anyone, Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Oh, so for anyone who doesn't know you, if they might not, again, and if you've been in this channel, you know what. 
but just a little shout out to anyone who might not know you, know what you sort of do, what your channel's all about, just take the chance, go for it bro. Uh, I mean, the TLDR, uh, I, I'm a little bit of a variety streamer normally, uh, I play just kind of whatever occurs to me to play, a lot of indie stuff I try to get into. Um, lately though, uh, full disclosure, uh, I am a raft streamer now. <laughs> um, it's a survival game that's multiplayer and you're lost on the ocean and new content came out for it for the next couple of weeks uh, that's what i'm going to be playing until we get through the new content but um outside of raft i i play a little bit of everything i've done some sea of thieves co-streams with uh this wonderful gentleman here yep um and some of our other friends as well uh, i do a lot of uh, goofy co-op stuff like if you're familiar with overcooked I've, I've played a bunch of games that are like that um uh, I've also played a lot of Elden Ring lately. Uh, I play a lot of Metroidvanias like Hollow Knight. So I try to uh, get a nice little mix of everything. Um, and I always do also like to point out that even though I can behave myself when I'm here because it's a family-friendly channel, I am very much not a family-friendly channel. My channel is absolutely 18+. plus. Uh, so if you, that's not for you, I will not be offended. Um, but I do want to put that expectation out there up front, you know? Yeah, just be aware. And... But if you're okay with that, 100%, I would recommend going and check out Log. He's one of our best friends. Definitely worth checking out his amazing content. And, of course, the content created by his lovely wife, who is in chat, reminding me she also, too, plays Raft. Mm -hmm. Further enough, usually with Log. It's funny that how that works. We know how that happens. Yes. Be aware or beware. <laughs> that that has, to be a, that has to be a t-shirt design. Be aware or beware. So if you don't, don't put that, you have my stream elements store open. I was going to say that it's like you need to get some merchandise, dude, because I want to buy a lock shirt and you don't have any. So you need to oh, get some merchandise. Why do you mention that? Stream elements finally added in the ability to do um, more stuff on black backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so I actually designed a baseball cap the other day. Nice. So I have one piece of merch that I'm actually happy with that will be going up soon. Sweet. Let me know when that goes live. I'll definitely want to pick it up. And also for anyone, Still since, we're, since we're talking about merch. Yeah. I think I just I'm still there. sad about the coffee mug thing. You can only order a mug in white. You could put a black background around it, in which case they'll just slap a. It's just know, like it becomes just like a banner, though. Yeah. Yeah, but the mug itself is still white. The handle's white. There's a white border around everything. I don't love it. Yeah, it's not amazing. I'm do black mugs on other stores. I I hope they do that on on Stream Elements at some point because I don't want to have more than one store. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more a case of like they probably buy stuff in stock and they get like those white mugs and just you know. Um, but they are doing a, they are doing a, I mean they are doing a lot more stuff though on there which is awesome yeah. we've got a lot of stuff up in the store now we of course have our logo up there on a lot of our merchandise but also a couple of new designs that went up in, uh, a couple of months ago I believe uh, the greatest streamers you've never heard of our catchphrase pretty much since day one um, and then Smalls mentioning our other one is like I still need a brigged mug and we also have merchandise on there hashtag brigged on um, one of the few designs we were able to get on a cat because it wasn't it was like simple enough for them to put on there and um, that mm. was inspired by our very good friend Chunk on Sea of Thieves because he was the first person <laughs> in the history of us playing Sea of Thieves that we had to vote in the brig because it was for our own safety <laughs> <coughs> it's good times it's he good kept times. blowing us up and I'm like we're done no we're done you're up we're done getting blown up in the brig you go and <laughs> And then, of course, the catchphrase came when we done our 12-hour stream, and um, after the man had won stuff, I'd like to point out, started saying that the giveaways were hashtag rigged. 
<laughs> um, that kind of spawned he, on he it being hashtag on rigged. Too. <laughs> it's like, it's rigged, and I'm like, you literally just won something. If it's rigged, it's rigged in your favour. Why would you be complaining? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, shut up, when stop I, when playing. I gave, <laughs> when I gave away that Horizon Collector's Edition, he did the same thing. I was like, bro, you have half the wheel. Yes, it's rigged. <laughs> it's rigged for you. Of course you won. It's like it's rigged, and I'm like, in your favor. The guy's literally getting a commission piece from Nitro right now as we speak that Nitro's working on. He got one from uh, the last 12 hour stream, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. The one before that. Well, he was a guarantee to get this freaking one because, like, we've done a giveaway for, like, commission pieces. We've done a giveaway for two commission pieces back to back, and literally the only people that were in chat talking at the time were him and um, our longtime viewer, it's just me, D. Mm. so we didn't even do the giveaway wheel for that one, it's like they're the only two there that entered and I went, you know what, I'm not even spinning the freaking thing, it's like you're both getting one, you're the only ones that are put a vote in Um, but anyway I think I better go since my lovely wife has been left alone with the kids oh, yeah. and how excited they have, coming up on 4.30 yeah, how excitable they have been this week, they are probably driving her a bit mad right now um, tell her I said thank you I will do, I'll, I will 100% blame <laughs> Locke completely for this, he got me ranting about Gravity Falls that keeps me busy for a while um, but we are going to head off and we are going right. to go and raid um, Geeks Under Grace, good friends of us there, we have been good friends with LJ over there, um, he's played a few games with us so we're going to go and drop them a raid, show them some love so please stick around and go give them a follow, go hang out with them I believe they're playing Pokemon right now I literally just had the screen up and I'm like uh, Pokemon Coliseum so let's go show them some love and we will also uh oh Okay, I'm getting hunted. The wife's in chat. She still blames me, apparently. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Um, but coming up this week, we do have some amazing stuff happening. We, of course, have my lovely wife, who's now in chat, telling me off. And <laughs> is back tomorrow night at 8.30 with some more Nancy Drew as she continues the mystery. Continuing our mystery-solving theme, if you are into mysteries and solving conundrums, puzzles, all that sort of stuff, 100% show up and join her for Nancy Drew. Um, I will be back on Tuesday night playing some more Horizon Zero Dawn. I am so hyped to get back into that game. I am like, I have played it twice on stream, and I am like obsessed with it already. I am like, so good, one hundred percent obsessed with it at this point. I like that. It was almost a stream for today, just because like I was thinking about playing more Horizon, and I saw an opportunity, and then I remembered, oh yeah, I was meant to invite Locke back to do a show. I should probably do that. <laughs> I've got a chance. Maybe, um, maybe. Join us again on Thursday as well. Nitro will be back. Um, best wishes to Nitro. He is obviously with family and stuff over this weekend. Um, I'm not going to go into all of it on here. If you know, you know. Um, but yep. he will be back on Thursday doing some more of Chunk the Hut's commission piece, which is a joint piece of, speaking of Horizon, Aloy from um, Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West, along with Tiny Tina from Tiny Tina's Wonderland and Borderlands. Um, and the piece is turning out really awesome. It's turned out really phenomenal, so definitely come and see the work he does on that. And then on Friday, of course, if you were here, you saw the chaos last week, and we will be back with more Sea of Thieves on Friday. Because <laughs> I like to punish myself and have my treasure stolen at the last minute. Oh, that's still so not over that. Still mm-hmm. mad about that. That was that sucked. That sucked so much. If you if you don't know, go and watch the VOD. Like we literally raided a vault and then got killed and boat sank, so they got our treasure <laughs> so as mad. we were selling so Man. mad we were at the dock we were selling it i was so mad about that okay jay's now doing the be aware or beware like literally if you don't put that in your store i'm going to get nitro to make something for it so like this is your chance <laughs> locker i'm stealing it. <coughs> it i don't see any reason why we can't both do it 
<coughs> just make it a joint thing. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I was going to say that. So you, you get one one color theme on your side, separate color theme on mine. Yeah, we could get Nitro to design it. We both still has his his design on both. Why not? I'm I'm a thousand percent on board. <laughs> get some Nitro merch up in your store as well. Smalls is like, oh yes, do it. I mean, right. arguably, anything that I slap my logo on is going to be Nitro-themed merch anyway, right? Well, that's true, actually. Well, technically, it's the same with us. He did design both our logos. He designed the Comics and the Cross <laughs> logo and your logo, so yeah. Pretty much mm -hmm. both stores are, like, exclusively Nitro-designed stuff anyway, <laughs> so... So, yeah. It's a good thing he's a good artist, you know? Because you're getting something worthwhile, but... Very proud to rep it. Alright, I need to go. I'm starting to rant yep, and go yep, in rambles again. This is, we're going to go for a whole other tangent here. But thank uh, you so much for joining our unlock. I know, I'm in so much trouble. Uh, but all of you Always have an amazing week. All of you have a great time. We will see you all throughout the week and all the dates that I gave you. And remember, it is a good week to be a geek. Take care and have a great day. See you all later. Bye. Oh. 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 Oh.